Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten forever, or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly? My name is Arnaldo, and I'm your host. And I'm joined by... Birdo. Birdo, what movie are we watching today? Power Rangers 2017. I think it's just called uh, Power Rangers. You know, Rangers. a lot of times it's marketed as Saban's Power Rangers... I've seen it, like, as both. Yeah. Also, and we kind of talked about this, Power Rangers, the ownership had shifted around a bit. And it eventually ended up back with Saban. Right. Because Disney owned it for a little bit. Disney owned it for, like, eight years. Yeah. Went back to Saban, and now it's owned by Hasbro. He sold it again. Yeah, and Hasbro is doing the movie reboot. I guess this movie didn't make enough money, and Saban had no choice but to sell it. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot was riding on this movie. Anyway, let's get started. This movie better. Yeah. So recently, we are doing a full-on Power Rangers kick. We have done uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie yep. and Turbo a Power Rangers movies. Basically, all the theatrical releases, right? Yeah, because there, there's other movies, but really they're like multiple episodes like put together. Like they're not even like right. pilot movies. It's just like events. Yeah, I think last week I mentioned one of those, which was the. Uh, Zeo Quest, which is just like a re-edit of like six episodes. Yeah. Kind of like scrunch into like it's a 90-minute like, yeah. package. You, you could watch it like a movie, but it's yeah. not officially a yeah, movie. it's still a TV yeah. show, yeah. So we did those. You know what? And in doing so, we've done a lot of Power Rangers research yes. and watching and reading and listening. <laughs> and there's there's honestly so much of it. <laughs> like, I feel like we barely... Like, it's not quite as deep as like, you know, like Star Wars lore or Lord of the Rings lore or anything like that, but it's... A lot deeper than you think. Yeah. I was getting stressed out last time when we were doing Turbo. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I want to know about, and I even tried, like, looking into it, but I can't find, like, a clear-cut answer, is what exactly is, like, the morphing grid? And does that open the door Mm. to, like, parallel universes and stuff? So could, like, these rangers technically be in continuity because of the morphing grid? Right. We should... Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Yeah. Because I want to talk about uh, a few things in background that might touch upon that. And if anybody listening has the answer, like, please tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So before we get started, guys, we're going to do some background information on Power Rangers. Specifically, I want to talk about the Boom Studios comics. I started reading that today. Yeah, I noticed. (laughs) I was going to do research on this movie, but I started reading the comic instead. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, We're going to cover our initial (laughs) expectations for this, summarize the plot, analyze the movie to the best of our ability. Before we do keep or cancel the segment where we decide if the stars of the movie should be canceled, we're going to do a lightning round because there's there's a lot of... A lot of stars in this movie that we wouldn't be covering in other movies that we do, so... Uh, Of course. Um, (laughs) And lastly, we'll decide if this movie belongs in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten or if you guys should be popping it in your DVD players or streaming it over and over again. All right. Uh, also, guys, we are streaming on Twitch. We record all these episodes live on Twitch. So if you uh, like the show and you want to be a part of the next episode, come hang out with us on Twitch on Monday nights, twitch.tv slash films from PZ. We got some friends here right now that will be chatting with us, maybe looking stuff up. Sometimes we mess we mess up or we got some people managing Google for us. Which is honestly great. Uh, yeah. Getting real-time fact checks, guys, no, I appreciate like, it so much. I don't mind being fact checked because I hate being wrong. I know. Some people don't like being fact-checked, which blows I, my mind. I like it because I want to know, like, for sure yeah. what, what the exactly. truth is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a proud person. At the same time, yeah, I'm not like, too proud to be go, corrected. Go ahead and yeah. fact-check me. Just don't be a dick about it because I genuinely would like to know what the, like, correct answer is. 
For sure. Like, don't be like that. Well, actually, like, just be like, hey, you know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that on Twitch. Anyway, yeah. let's get going. Background for Power Rangers. Well, we kind of done this twice already. Yeah. We talked about the TV shows ad nauseum, honestly, because we talked about the three Mighty Morphin seasons. We talked about Zeo. We talked about Turbo. We didn't talk too much about, like, after that. We had mention of, like, Space and Lost Galaxy, but... Well, after that, it just kind of repeats, right? I'd say after after Lost Galaxy, it repeats. Right. It's Every season is now disconnected. It's coming kind of like a new continuity. And there might be, like, a loose connection to the previous season in the next season where they, like, team up. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. And there are some crossover episodes here and there. And what they've recently been doing is um like two seasons they do right, like two yeah. seasons of a series so they do like samurai and then super samurai super, yeah megaforce super megaforce it's usually something like that yeah there's a new season coming out now on netflix because now they're going to be on netflix yes going forward and it's called yeah uh it sounds like something like spacey cosmic something Co- is it cosmic force i think so yeah. But apparently that one is like a direct continuation of the previous, of the previous season. one. Yeah, they have some of the same which actors. Which was what, yeah. Beast Morphers? I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I, I lose them my... after, uh, after Ninja Steel, I can't remember. Yeah, all my research has been pre-2000. So uh, Okay, okay. But I mean, I watched, uh, while I was editing Turbo, I watched like a good chunk of Zeo. I watched a lot of Mighty Morphin. Zeo's I've been enjoyable. Wa- I've been watching a lot of Power Did Rangers, you watch any honestly. of Turbo at no. all? It's just, it's funny. Like, sometimes I'll just be, like, doing something else. I look over, and they're they're just doing something ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I did want to cover a little bit of background are some of the comic books. Because, lest we forget, that's kind of what central premise of the show is, right? Right. And comics have actually become a very big part of Power Rangers in the past few years. Yeah. So in 2015, Boom Studios started a series called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. What's really interesting is that this book is the closest thing to this movie that there is, which is modern day reinterpretation adaptation yeah. of the source material, which and is a modern, TV show. Definitely modern day, because in the comics, they have like smartphones and stuff. Exactly. Even though it's still <laughs> the Mighty Morphin characters and it's still like... Right. It's a retelling. It's not the same characters. It's a, It's an alternate universe. Probably. It's it's an adaptation. It's an See, you're, you're, you're so tied up in the multiverse shit where like... Here's the thing though. Power Rangers, it seems like, is kind of doing that shit. Yeah, they but, have that huge event where they have multiple Rangers from other universes with the evil Tommy. Yeah, but does the TV show included? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Because these characters are living in like the 2015s. The 2015s. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess like... The way the shows are set up, though, it's like modern technology is never a part of the plot or anything either. So I guess it could technically be yeah, timeless. It's, it's so clearly the 90s. It's not even funny. This is because of background no, shit. Yeah, and, nothing has ever been more dated than the Mighty Morphin And the Power fact Rangers. that they're hanging out at the youth center every day. Yeah. Nobody does that shit anymore. <laughs> I think what's most interesting about this comic book is that it does what maybe us millennials who grew up on Power Rangers always wanted, which is... What if the Power Rangers, but they took themselves seriously? Yeah, but like not like too seriously. No, not of like, course not. Not like gritty, dark murder all the time. Like no. some people make those fan films that are like that. Which, yeah, 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 like that one. Which I'm not gonna lie, like is cool on its own. Not everything needs to be R-rated. <laughs> right, right. So like these uh, these comics just strike that balance perfectly, I think. And I think this movie almost does. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're similar yeah. in that where. 
this comic is Mighty Morphin if it wasn't for kids and it wasn't campy. Yeah. If it was like treated like, say, a Marvel comic. And it reads a lot it, like a Marvel comic. I was going to say that. It reads like a Marvel X-Men comic. or uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're like teenagers. Team right. up ones. Yeah. They're like, t- or a Miss Marvel. You know, they're teenagers with superpowers. But the audience demographic isn't little kids. Five yeah. and under or ten and under or whatever. And I like know? how at the end of each issue, they have like a little bulk and skull. I've thing. been skipping those. I'm like, I'll go back and read them later. <laughs> I'm enjoying them because <laughs> it's like you're seeing like the, the B plot yeah. of like that episode. Right. Honestly, like this whole Power Rangers kick that we're on is making me kind of rediscover Power Rangers because I watched it as a kid and I've always stuck to this is material for children. So as I kind of grew up, I'm like, I've thought about Power Rangers. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what the kids are into now. I see the toys on the aisle. I, I'm not going to go watch it, you know. But I know there are adults that are still into it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm watching it and, like, we're getting into it, I'm like, you know what? Like, even the TV show, obviously, it's for kids. But it's campy in a way that it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable. Like, it's almost like the 60s Batman where it's like, <laughs> yeah, the target audience it's is not that campy, though. It's kind of close. <laughs> it, it's close, but it's not It's not quite at that level. <laughs> it's not as humorous. But the 60s Batman is definitely made for children and families right but like it's campy and fun enough that like adults can definitely enjoy oh we enjoyed it oh absolutely (laughs) and i that's how i feel with power rangers but like i kind of always wanted deep down for power rangers to grow up with me and that's what these comics are if you haven't checked them out i implore you if you if you even like power rangers a little bit it's definitely worth it yes and Um, the art is amazing the art is amazing uh again it is like if Power Rangers was taken seriously and it was like ultra cool and like none of the campy elements are involved, I mean, it's artwork, but like the costumes in story drawn out look better than like the TV show. I don't know how you could possibly. Because it doesn't look like cheap spandex. Exactly. No, yeah. right. And then they draw in their muscles and like it yeah. looks more armory. Yep. Characters like Goldar are taken seriously, and like Rita. Rita's very serious in this comic. She's right. She's very serious. She's very scary. Goldar is like because where I'm at right now is like because where the series picks up, it's like right after Tommy turns back to the good side. Yeah, and like at the beginning of all this, like Rita's still like in his head, like haunting him. It feels very Marvel like. Yeah, it reads just like a Marvel comic. Honestly, my one complaint is that the comic book run starts after the Green Ranger saga, like immediately after, where the Green Ranger is joining the ranks. And at first I thought, did I pick up the wrong issue? Like, what's the first issue? But this Uh, is the first one. Yeah. Uh, That's just how they decided to tell the story. It's an easy jumping on point in the series, I feel like. It requires a little bit of background knowledge that you, like, that you watched at least a little bit. You know who the Green Ranger is. Because that was, like, the first major story arc in the show was the Green Ranger. Yeah, 10 episodes in or something like that. But... I kept on thinking, I'm like, God, this is so good. I would love to see that Green Ranger saga, though. Problem solved. Like, a year later, they made a second series called Go-Go Power Rangers, right? Okay. So, the mainline series is called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers by Boom Studios, started in 2015. The second series is called Go-Go Power Rangers, and it's a prequel. It's not a different timeline. It's the same timeline. It just takes place before. It takes place before. It takes place from the the inception of the Power Rangers up until... The Green Ranger Saga. So is that like a short series? Then? No, I think it's just as long. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so We just you, don't really have Tommy in you it could, until like, towards the end. Right. You okay. could read them simultaneously. You could start with Go-Go. You could go back and forth. You could probably do it any way you want. 
Or you can just watch the TV show up until the I'm sure. green with evil arc. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, um, once Gogo Power Rangers caught up to where Mighty Morphin would have started, uh-huh. then they just did like a time jump, and then Gogo is doing like the next chunk, and then the the main line also does a time jump. They're basically hopscotching each other. But it's beneficial or to leap read fro- both leapfrogging series. Each other, sorry, I, I guess, yeah. I guess you would just have to know when to start yeah. each one. Then I would honestly go on because I had to go on like Wikipedia and look at the whole series. Yeah, because um, every most comic series do this. Yeah, like Kimberly this, got a yeah. spinoff called Power Rangers Pink. Oh, and then there's like the Shattered Dimensions crossover, which we'll eventually get to. Yeah, or Shattered Grid. Shattered Grid. Sorry, Shattered Dimensions <sighs> is a Spider-Man Sp- game. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> But you were asking about the morphing grid, and I have no doubt that these books are going to get into it because something that I really like that they did right away is that they explain the Zords. Okay. So it seems like this comic, because it kind of takes itself a little bit more seriously, is going to be a little less contrived with its story and kind of explain the things you've always wondered. Okay. And there's a panel where Billy is repairing a Zord with Trini. The the Dragon Zord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's underwater. Yeah, they're underwater. Yeah. It's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's just where it rests. Yeah, because he's Godzilla. Yeah, and every time it's summoned, it, he comes out of the ocean. Like Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. So um, they're repairing it, and Billy's explaining to Trini like, how they work, and they're basically like segues. Like, they can walk on their own. They can stand on their own. They can do shit on their own. That's in their programming with like their in-out in sensors, mm-hmm. but then the user it can pilot it also. So kind of different, like in this in this they're movie, like almost he made it seem like they're almost like sentient. And Zordon made it seem like that too. That you kind of have to be, you have to be in sync with it, in sync with it. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that's super interesting. It also reminds me a little bit of what Pacific Rim did. Yes. With how they control the Jaegers. Yeah. With that one, you got to be in sync with your partner. But, but you also move the Jaeger like with your body, whereas it seems like this is more like you know you hit a punch button. It's gonna be more like a video game. We're like yeah. the video game character moves itself you don't have to tell it to stand and like put one leg in front of the other no but you can input commands to tell it what to do yeah Yeah. it knows how to do its own motor functions yeah right anyway guys i would check that out it doesn't follow the show beat for beat it deviates a lot there's a lot more character seems like a lot of it's like in in between the episodes yeah there's a lot of discord between the members especially like welcoming tommy in that's the most interesting part for me so far it's so good they're, they're like Sort of like not trusting of him, and Tommy yeah. doesn't really feel like he's it's, worthy of being there. Of course. It's realistic. Yeah. Unlike the TV show, which is just like, the next day, Tommy's a part of the team. And you're a new leader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all. <laughs> and, like, they immediately welcome him in, and, like, they're perfect friends from there on in. No, in real life, you would not trust this motherfucker. And each character gets a little bit more personalized attention than they did in the show. Yeah. Uh, the Jason and Tommy relationship is very interesting to me right now. Uh, Zach really impressed me because Zach was just kind of like the cool dude who just had fun things to say. He's, he was kind of a token black and he liked character. dancing. Yeah, and basketball. Again, he was a little token. <laughs> but in this, like, he's the least trusting of, um, of Tommy. Yeah. And they get in, like, a full-on fight. Uh, not to spoil it for you, but... I mean, I- it seemed like it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. Um, Billy doesn't feel worthy because he's, like, not the most athletic of the group, even though he's obviously a great fighter. And I think the show touches on that a tiny bit, but yeah. not, not much at all. Yeah. Trini's more of, like, the medically inclined one. Like, she's kind of doing a lot of, like, the neuro stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. I really, really highly recommend it. But 
Let's move on. Let's get to this movie. You ready? Yeah. Initial expectations. What do you think about this film before it came out? We probably saw it on opening day. I did. I mean, I was excited about it because at the time I had been pretty disconnected from Power Rangers. Yeah, same. For For like a few years, like for more than a few years at this point. Like the last series I actually remember sitting down and watching was like Dino Thunder and that was like 2004. So when this movie was announced, it had piqued my interest. And like when trailers started coming out for it, I'm like, I need to watch that because it's Power Rangers. But like it seems like like we were talking about, like it grew up with me. Yeah. Like they're taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the only thing that I was kind of iffy about was like, all right, well, it's a reboot. So they're just like, are they going to be just retelling Mighty Morphin? So I was a little iffy on that. But um, no, I went and watched in theaters. I actually watched it with my little sister because she was interested in seeing it, too. And we we both were pretty impressed with it i was in the same boat like i'm not watching power rangers regularly because at the end of the day it is a kids show right Right. but i always thought you know especially in in the era of the mcu i'm like you could go back and adapt that turn that into a modern day superhero blockbuster yeah you could very easily yeah so just do it well apparently not very easily but (laughs) no apparently not (laughs) um and I remember when the first image of the suits of the Power Rangers in their suits came out, like it was met with quite a bit of ridicule. <laughs> like people didn't it, like it. People still talk shit about them. And I kind of don't get it. I get it and I don't get it. I get it in the fact that like it's different. They look alien and I like that. Yeah, that's kind of the point, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> like it looks like the Mighty Morphin suits, but like more sci fi and alien looking. Yeah. I'm cool with that. And, like, you the, couldn't... The Zord design, uh, we'll talk about that later. But. Sure. <laughs> but you can't retread everything else. Like, a major complaint I saw was, at the time, was like, oh, they look like Iron Man. I'm like, okay, well, exactly. They can't look like Iron Man. You have to be careful in how you how you make these things. Because if they look like Iron Man, and Iron Man's the most popular you know, superhero of the era, you know, right. of, of the time this was coming out, probably still, you it can't just do sense. that. It has to be something different. And at least the Power Rangers have mystical power sources to go off it's magic at the end of the day it's technology but it's magic right yeah like thor (laughs) right so do something (laughs) like that and so i thought they were fine and i think when you analyze the failures of this film i think you have an audience that you can't possibly satisfy because they're well aware of the source material which is for kids and it's kind of campy and it's very cheap mm-hmm. and if you try to update that and modernize they're gonna it get upset. they're going to reject it yeah. right because it's not the original and it made me think of things like Iron Man and Spider-Man and Marvel and DC and why are those things successful those adaptations I have a theory as to why because comic books weren't really that popular exactly that is exactly it the people who are accepting the modern day adaptations of these things were not there for the source material right so they are disconnected they know it from osmosis like batman everybody knows batman everybody knows batman but not everybody reads batman right right people don't know batman used to just shoot people yeah (laughs) (laughs) so when people went to go see batman begins which is Something I can compare to this movie a lot because it is like a re- it's an origin story reinterpretation mm-hmm. adaptation of a classic, right? When they went to go see that, they weren't married to any one idea from the comics because they don't they didn't fucking no. read that. If shit. anything, they were more thinking about the the movies that had come like a decade prior, right? Yeah. And those were silly enough that they could easily yep. just write them off. But like everyone is so well aware with Power Rangers, it, we've talked about this to death. It's, it was a mega phenomenon, right? 
20 years later, you try to make a, a serious adaptation that's a little bit more grown up, a little bit more modern and high production value. And yeah, it's going to get rejected because it's not what they're familiar with. Yeah, and then they're just straight up going to either refuse to watch it or just say that it's bad. It's like, <laughs> I think we talked about it with Velma, which has like been incredibly polarizing. It's one of the worst reviewed things of all time. I think it's mostly fine. I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> but people hate when you change something from their childhood. Yeah. You know? And that'll for, always be the case. For good or ill. Yeah. Like, I mean, for Velma, it was like universally unpopular. Right, because maybe it was just it was too much. <laughs> they might have they might have gone a little too far with <laughs> too it. Too far. But. <laughs> but you look at something like this and it's like it's trying to be faithful but also be an an adaptation and yeah. it's it it largely got rejected. Unfortunately, because I think it did a lot of really cool things. Yeah, so I was super excited because I wanted it to be like what Iron Man was for the MCU. I'm like, yeah, let's do that with Power Rangers. Like, let's kick off. Let's put some new life into it. Yeah, and let's kick off five, six good-looking movies. Are you kidding me? That sounds so fun. Funny enough, I think the comic books are actually what brought new life to Power Rangers. Yeah, pretty much right <laughs> now. All right, let's get started. Are you ready? Yes. For the plot. Planet Earth, Cenozoic era. The Red Ranger Zordon collapses on the ground as pterodactyls and spaceships fly overhead. The Yellow Ranger gives him her power coin, revealing herself to be an alien. Zordon buries all five power coins, instructing them to find five suitable successors. The Green Ranger, Rita Repulsa, who has betrayed her fellow rangers in favor of the Zeo Crystal, tries to kill him. But Zordon and Alpha Five send a meteor to destroy them all, including the dinosaurs. Is the Cenozoic Era when the meteor hit that? Probably. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not a dinosaur nerd. The five (laughs) dinosaur zords Uh are from different eras. Right. Especially the the mastodon and the saber-toothed tiger are prehistoric animals. They came later after the the dinosaurs. Uh, I don't think pterodactyls existed at the same era as tyrannosauruses and triceratops either. And they mention it later. Zordon mentions it later with the zords. Or maybe Alpha does, where he says uh, that yeah. the Zords just take the form of whatever the strongest life forms on the planet are. Yeah, it's like Beast Wars. <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, like, yeah, they could come from different eras. These are just the strongest well, animals that have been on the yeah, planet. The implication is that they did it in that moment when they got to Earth or whatever. The science doesn't add up, but don't it, think it too hard did. about it. Yeah, yeah. It's and, whatever. And again, number one, they're beholden to what the Japanese did 30 years prior. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give a shit back then. So, yeah. but yeah, if you want to pick it apart, yeah, these animals did not coexist. Oh, but yes, there is uh this movie does start off with some uh cool origin yeah. and lore stuff. Right. Um <laughs> it is a complete like origin story reboot. Like it's brand new. It's it's a lot like Batman Begins in that sense. Yeah, like new new universe but like still like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, yeah. if that makes sense. So, uh Red Rangers Zordon they're all aliens. Maybe, but maybe not a reference to the Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. Yeah, maybe. I think they look kind of similar, honestly, in design. Sword. Well, I don't know, because the Yellow Ranger looked like a different alien than Zordon was. Oh, you think? They looked like different species. Okay. Uh, and also, like, what is Rita? Right. <laughs> she looks humanoid. I like that she was, like, actually the Green Ranger. And we see yeah. that. That's yeah. cool. And it explains how she has the green power coin. Right. Because in the show, she's just like, she just conjures it. Or she, yeah. does she make it? I don't know. She's like, oh, by the way, I've had this the whole time. Why haven't you used it yet? 
<laughs> and that's the thing about the show is like if you think too hard about it, none of it makes any Here's sense. Thing, and I'm sure there's some answer somewhere in the lore that we yeah, don't know. Retcons and stuff. Yeah. But in the comics, and you're about to see like the green coin works differently. So it, it, it's the same, but it's also not. Whereas in this, it seems like it was just it's just it's another. One of the six. It's just another yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah there was originally six. Right. And then Brian Cranston should be mentioned that he did Power Rangers early in his career. He was a villain, right? Yeah, he did voiceover work under a pseudonym. Actually, we're going to talk about it in Keeper Cancel. <laughs> that's that's cool. And I want to say, and I don't know, I didn't uh, look this up. One of the factors why he said yes to this is because you know he had done. It's like Mighty going back Mor- to his roots. Yeah, it was one of his first things, right? Yeah, it was early, early yeah, in his yeah. career. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like literally, like the first season. Damn, that's cool. And now he gets to play Zordon. Yeah. <laughs> 65 million years later, in present-day Angel Grove, Jason Scott and his bestialic friend try to steal the rival high school mascot, oh. but are caught by the police. There's a very adult joke here at the beginning <laughs> about, of the movie. M- about milking a cow. It wasn't a cow. It, it was a bull, and he jerked it off. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh, that... <laughs> That joke, honestly, and I remember laughing Even a little in the bit. Theater, like I laughed at him, like that's so. Fucking I was like, gross. "This is out of place, right? Like this is not." But kids, I don't think kids are gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's for the it's for the high schoolers, right? That's yeah, high school humor. Yeah, it's funny in a very crass way. <laughs> <laughs> Jason runs to his car, starting a chase until he crashes. Three weeks later, his dad Roy from the office. <laughs> Drops him off at Saturday Detention. I think his character's name is Sam. I, I'm just going to call him Jason's dad. All right. <laughs> but he is Roy from The Office. If he you, is Roy from The Office. If you know, you know. <laughs> Drops him off at Saturday Detention, disappointed that his star quarterback son has been kicked off the football team and squandered his future college football career. Uh, Emilio Estevez from Breakfast Club, anyone? Yep. <laughs> no, and it's all It's very almost breakfast. the same intro. Yeah it's, yeah, it's very Breakfast Club. Yep. Yeah. Other detention students include... Cheerleader Kimberly Hart and autistic nerd Billy Cranston. An immature bully picks on Billy until Jason bitch slaps him. <laughs> and the girl, did you slap me? Yeah, weird, right? It looked like a hard slap. It was really funny. I thought that. I thought that was honestly funny. No, I, I like that too. In the girls' bathroom, other cheerleaders excommunicate Kimberly for punching a friend's boyfriend. In a social reinvention, Kimberly cuts her hair. Right off the bat, like, just from the beginning with, like, the Zordon stuff, and then, like, right here with, like, the Breakfast Club intro, this feels like a, like, serious drama movie. Yeah, for sure. I love the intro for being gritty and, like, violent. (laughs) Yeah. And this movie isn't We we see a ranger die on screen at the beginning of the movie. It sets the tone, right? Yeah. And then this sets the juxtaposition tone. It's like, these are the two tones... They're going to make for this yeah. film. The horrors of war and fighting <laughs> and... Breakfast Club. <laughs> and Breakfast Club. <laughs> Teenagers learning to get along, right? Yeah. And something I like about this movie is that it makes a fair amount of film references to set the tone. It does. I think the Kimberly stuff here at the beginning is a tad over dramatic. Oh, a lot of it's dramatic. And the thing is, it lampshades that too because you've got the bully who's just like, making fun of like the nerd and jason's like are you five years old like what are you doing because he's making fun of him for being autistic exactly (laughs) and for like organizing his pencils in a certain way and stuff and then he goes and like oh what if you had an extra one and breaks i'm like that's fucking mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that that's gonna drive him nuts in a lot of these like high school 
TV shows and, and movies, you have this bully character who doesn't seem realistic. Like, bullies don't act like this, right? They don't just randomly come... At least come the majority up, of them don't. Right. They don't yeah. just come up to you and, like, throw you into a locker and et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. So I love that the story necessitates this trope of a character. <laughs> at the same time, Jason's going to make fun of him for, like, being... He's like, what are you, five years old? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so he bitch slaps This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. <laughs> Going back to the car chase, I fucking love these rotating long shots in a car chase. I do too. It's so good. It's very difficult to do because you have to hide the crew. Yeah. Right? And, and a lot of it, it has to be spliced with CGI. But they did it in Hawkeye. It did. And that was one of my favorite of- action sequences yeah. in that show. By far. They made Angel Grove a sleepy fishing town in this. I'm cool with that. I like it. Where it's like it's like a weird, like non-existent city in the show. It's like it's L.A. in the show. I think it's, it's just straight it's up like LA, L.A. adjacent. Yeah, but also the action scenes are filmed in like a Japanese city with skyscrapers and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny when they cut to like the action scenes. It's like and, that is not the same place. <laughs> yeah, and you see because like Japanese. Architecture looks different. Yep. <laughs> and you can like see their signs and stuff if you look too closely. Uh no, I, I like the like sleepy fishing town yeah. vibe that this has. Usually, and we're gonna get to the megazords towards the end of the plot, obviously, but like usually they're thrown in a scene with big skyscrapers for scale. Yeah. Right? And well, we don't need that here though. And this is like a really small town, and the tallest buildings are like two, three stories. Which is also for scale because they're Smaller. Th- bigger than the town. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also, they're on the coast, so if they wanted to do the Dragon Zord later, they could have. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Could have had a real uh, Godzilla-looking mech coming yeah. out of it. Oh, God. So much wasted potential. <laughs> After detention, Billy introduces himself to Jason to thank him. Billy asks to hang out, but quickly admits that he needs Jason's help getting somewhere. Jason shows he can't because he's under house arrest with an ankle monitor. Billy offers to hack the device and give up his mom's van in exchange for his help. Reluctant at first, Jason decides last minute to go to Billy's after overhearing his parents arguing over his future again. He makes it just in time for Billy to hack the device and reprogram the SIM card to show he's home. <laughs> That's a fun scene. He does it very casually, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that like the movie barely touches up on, it's just like a joke, but I think it's fucking hilarious, is that Billy's mom is up to date on like the social scene of, of the, the high school. <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense if it's a small town like that too. Well, number one, it's a small town. Number two, Billy probably tells her everything. Yes. Yeah. And she's probably invested in like Billy making friends. Yep. And so she knows all the tea. <laughs> when Jason's at the door, she's like, "Oh my god, Jason Scott." <laughs> <laughs> she would know. That he is the star quarterback of the town here to hang out with her boy who, like, probably doesn't have a lot of friends. Or, right. no, we know he doesn't. He he straight up says it. Yeah. yeah he the, has no friends. She opens the door. She's like, oh, my God, it's Jason Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was He's a like, I'm joke. here to see Billy. <laughs> yeah. The next scene or a few scenes later, um, Billy talks about his autism. He just says that he's on the spectrum. But if you kind of watch and you see it. His mannerisms. His mannerisms. Like uh, he has like an insane attention to detail. He has almost like a photographic memory. He explains that he can't get like certain types of humor. Right. His brain doesn't process it. Yeah. Yeah. And like this scene is fun because like Jason is freaking out 
about the ankle monitor as Billy has already solved the problem, but he can't communicate like, hey, you're good. It he's also just, seems he doesn't understand like the urgency either. Right. Because he, he's like, like, Billy, Billy, Billy. And he's like, what? He's he's on a tangent. Yeah. And I thought that character dynamic, it was very interesting. Like, autistic characters don't get a lot of representation no. in media. And if they do, it's usually like just not done super well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's um, very like clumsily done. Yeah, yeah. 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 I thought that element of this character is really, really good. Have you ever heard of the movie Mary and Max, by the way? No. It's an animated movie from a while back. Okay. Um, and it's about a girl who has develops like a, a pen pal with a character who has Asperger's, okay. which is part of the spectrum. Right. And it's a character that most people like don't have patience for, doesn't understand. But this little girl who is forming this friendship with him through letters does. And it's a really sweet movie. Oh, yeah. Little recommendation there. Oh, and I think Max is played by the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Huh, okay. Jason and Billy sneak into a quarry where Billy is collecting rocks. Nearby, a teenage boy, Zach, sits on his roof where he watches a teenage girl, Trini, who regularly meditates nearby. And is listening to metal music, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I already love her there. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Jason stumbles on Kimberly, stripping to her underwear, and dives from a cliff to a lake. What are the odds, by the way? Uh, well, I think that's the point, though, that they, yeah. like, it was meant to be. Uh, yeah, right. Actually, no, literally, though. It, it literally was. <laughs> he panics when he doesn't see her surface, but she is fine and questions why he would be there. They get to know each other, remark on their embarrassing social situations, and briefly consider running away together until they hear an explosion. Yeah, was Jason just going to straight up steal Billy's mom's car? You know, this movie kind of tiptoes around some tropes while also kind of leaning into them uh-huh. the cute boy walking on the cute girl taking her clothes off that's a trope yeah but then he thinks she like drowned or something so yeah <laughs> so he he immediately like freaks out he's like oh i gotta help her yeah also naomi scott hello <laughs> she's very beautiful <laughs> jason and kimberly find the source of the explosion billy was excavating with tnt <laughs> zach and trini also converge on the commotion the cliff collapses, and the five ragtag teens discover five colorful glowing rocks before running from security. All five end up in Billy's mom's van and try losing the security guards by crossing a train track before the train crosses. Unfortunately, <laughs> they fail, and the train strikes their van, knocking it into a roll. Killing them and ending the film. You know what, though? <laughs> Even this time watching the movie, I didn't remember this because it's such a trope. Again, the movie plays with tropes, with familiar tropes. You got a car. It's going to try to beat a train track. It always wins. The car always narrowly makes it. And in this case- They got hit. They get fucking hit. That van is done. Oh, yeah. Uh, Later, (laughs) we see them like pull it out of like like a canyon or something. At sea, Jason's dad and his fellow fishermen find a corpse with their fish. He turns in the corpse to the police, but the corpse attacks him. A little creepy. There's like introducing light horror elements to this. Yeah, I quite like that a lot, actually. Uh, Here's kind of my one big gripe with this film. It's really my one thing. Okay. Is that it? here's an, an entirely major coincidence. That they should have tied together and they didn't. Of? Rita Repulsa is found at the very same moment that the Power Rangers find their power coins. Oh. 
Those okay. two events are not tied together, and no. it could her, have had her being there makes sense, but because that's where she flew off into the ocean at the beginning. But right, but she's been sitting there for sixty-five million years, and right. they just now found her. Global 60... warming. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but sixty-five million years, and they find her on the day. You know, they, they could have found her a century ago. Right, and then, you like, know what I mean. Maybe the activation of the coins, like. Some, yeah. makes the corpse do, rise or something. Do yeah. something like that. Yeah. Because she had a coin. She Right. Yeah. Mm, they could have done that. They mm, didn't. Mm. So that was kind of my one problem with the film. Okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, there's little things, but like... A I little thing. Like, I that think stood out to me. Some of the interactions between the characters feels a little weird. Yeah. Like the way they speak. But it's very minor, like nitpick right. on my that, end. That was my, own, my one like, oh, uh, this is kind of a plot hole to me. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's it is one co- hell of a coincidence. It's, yeah, it's a big coincidence. <laughs> yeah. The next morning, Jason, Kimberly, and the other teens all wake up in their homes perfectly healthy with no memory of what happened after the crash. At school, Billy accidentally beats up the bully, and Jason and Kimberly find him to figure out why they suddenly all have super strength. The three return to the quarry where they find Zach and Trini. Trini runs away from them, and in doing so, they all discover their powers, climbing rocks, and jumping over a canyon. Billy falls into the canyon where he discovers a gravity well portal thing that leads them to a spaceship underground. It's pretty cool. Though. It's really cool. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds ridiculous, but when you're watching it, you're like, oh, that's pretty neat. You it's know? like cool sci-fi shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Their power coins open the ship, and they wander inside, where they encounter a strange robot. So, we're waking up the next morning thing, that's very uh, Spider-Man. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's the trope, right? Yeah. To the point where Zach, not Zach, uh, Jason looks at the mirror and he's like, I have extra abs. Yeah. He <laughs> he looks extra ripped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was he was fit before he was a right. football player. Right. But now like he's, yeah. He's like superhero. Yeah. Fit. He's like looking at his body. He's like, that wasn't there <laughs> before. That's yeah. weird. And he yeah. like accidentally like shatters his sink. Yeah. Kimberly crushes her phone in her hand. She's holding right. it very weird, by the way. Well, she's angry. She squeezes it and it yeah. breaks. Yeah. Another thing. That I was going to mention was, is it implied that they survived the train because the power coins teleported them home? Yeah, I think so. Because during that scene, like, the power coin, like, follows Jason. Like, when he walks into the bathroom, it's like, it's oh, there. Oh, really? But he left it in his bedroom, yeah. Nice. So it's... I don't remember that. I didn't notice it. I, was I saw that happen. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. It's like a Chucky doll. <laughs> yeah. Keep showing up. That's the implication. Because it's never directly said how they survived a train crash, but like, yeah, I'm assuming that's what the happened. Power coins the power coins them. teleported them to safety. So in the cart, I almost said cartoon, in the TV show, it's basically a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> in the TV show, they can teleport. That's yeah. the power that the power that's coins give get, them. That's how they get to and from everywhere. Yeah. Including the command center. Right. Uh, same thing happens in the um, in the comics. Is that something that's not explored in this film? It's probably the morphing grid. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> the more the morphing grid is just like the It's like the speed force. It's like the end all be all. Yeah, yeah. It's just the explanation for anything. The robot is actually friendly and enthusiastically introduces himself as Alpha Five. He asks the teens to step on a platform which activates Zordon stuck in a wall display. Terrified, the teens learn from Zordon that if the morphing grid and the power coins choose them, then they are indeed the Power Rangers. Zordon explains that every planet that sustains life does so because it has a Zeo crystal, and that 65 million years ago, the Power Rangers team died defending it. Questioning his account, the teens are shown visions of the former Green Ranger and which Rita Repulsa destroying the world. 
by the way, this sequence is actually pretty fucking unsettling. Uh, it's it's more of those horror tropes. Like, yeah. she's kind of, uh, you know how, like, Scarlet Witch did it, too? Yeah. And it's done in, like, like the way the movements are, are very, like, janky and, like, yeah. unnatural looking. And everything's, like, silent. Mm-hmm. She looks like the girl from The Ring a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Zordon claims this is the imminent future. Rita will create a giant monster, Goldar, to take the Zeo Crystal and destroy the other worlds. The teens refuse their new responsibility to stop and kill Rita and leave. But Zordon pleads to Jason alone to unite the group as leader. Alright, so um, this is where we actually start getting into like hardcore Power Rangers stuff here. Yeah. And I really like how they did it. I love the aesthetic of like the the spaceship, which I guess is like their command center. Yeah, in this. Um, yeah. Zordon in the wall is honestly, it's a lot cooler than a floating face in a tube. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. Uh, and I like that he moves from left to right. Yeah, yeah. like he can just like slide along the wall. <laughs> yeah. It's very science fictiony, and, and you know what Alpha's it is? Design looks very alien and cool. So Jorge in the grid, Jorge in the grid, Jorge in the chat is saying it seems like the morphing grid is like the Matrix, able to go anywhere, anytime, tied to your cellular makeup. That's interesting. I don't think they thought too deeply about this into this concept in the past. Definitely not. <laughs> um, in the comic, it's starting to get into that, where like the morphing grid seems, yeah, kind of like the Matrix. It's like this very futuristic technological well, yeah, thing. Yeah, because in the comics, they also like do training in like pocket realities. Yeah. I thought that was really weird. Well, I think that comes from Rita creating the Dark Dimension, where okay. she, it's like a part of the moon base where she uses it as a prison. Remember? In the green range. It's like she puts the Tommy in there for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like, it's so much more in depth in the comics. It's magic. But That's yeah, all no, like all know. the stuff here, though, like all the Ranger stuff we're getting here is very cool. Oh. You know what this reminds me a lot of? What? Man of Steel. Because... The ship is very similar. Well, Man of Steel reinvented the Fortress of Solitude into a spaceship that yeah. just happens to be stuck underground because it's ancient, yeah. right? The aesthetics are very similar. The aesthetics are very similar, yeah. Zordon and the wall, it's a very similar to the, like, the Kryptonian technology yep. in uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, the displays are kind of made of little metal rods that just come up and form a display, kind of yeah. like those little like, nail things you put your hand in. Yep. Yeah, I like used that. to stick my face in it. It was probably very unhygienic because I used to do it at the store. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I used to be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah we were gross as kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you had mentioned um, Alpha 5. I love his little design. He's cute. He's cute. Um, He looks very alien-like. They, I like I, how he's like kind of short and tubby. He, yeah, they give him a belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he kind of slouches, but he's got long arms. <laughs> Bill Hader also does amazing in this role. Bill Hader is an amazing voice actor. Yes. Different colors, different kids, different colored kids. <laughs> I actually wrote that in my notes, too. <laughs> different colored kids. Because they're all different races, too. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's so woke nowadays. Except that's what they did in the original, also. Yeah, it's just... Except yeah. in the original, I made the black guy the black ranger. Yeah, sure, that and was the weird. Asian woman the yellow ranger. That's problematic. Sure, but at least <laughs> they were there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outside, Jason tries to reason with the group that they might be destined to find each other and asks them all to meet him there tomorrow. Billy asks if they, he's a superhero like Iron Man or Spider Man. Real quick, perfect line because that's what the Power Rangers are basically. Yeah, they're a bit Iron Man. 
but they're also a bit Spider-Man. <laughs> and then Billy goes on, because I feel like I got bit by a spider, but, like, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. Because the suits and the armor make them stronger. And the suits kind of work like an Iron Man costume, right? The suits, yes, but it seems like in this iteration, like, they themselves have exactly. the superpowers. Exactly. They like have Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man. Yeah. They're teenagers with superpowers. They have secret identities. They have responsibilities. But they also have they're- big mech creatures that they get in it's yeah. a bit iron man and a bit spider-man yeah. it's perfect it, it is a little bit of both yeah. and i like they're scaling walls yeah they're scaling walls like the way i used to climb stairs as a kid just on all fours just <laughs> <laughs> back in angel grove we see a bit of each teenager's personal life zach despite coming off as crazy takes care of his sick mother trini feels like an outcast to her family who don't understand her jason's dad makes a peace offering Meanwhile, Rita, slightly more alive than a corpse, kills more people in search of gold. Each murder gives her more life. There is, like, actual murder in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's straight up killing people. It's PG-13. Yeah. And she's very yeah. creepy doing it. Elizabeth Banks is good in this role. I like it. I like but it, too. I see why people might not. That being said, this is the campy element of Star, of, right. of Star Wars, I, of Power Rangers. I usually see her as more of a comedic person anyway. Yeah. And she's, and, like, kind of funny here, but, like, she's mostly creepy. Yeah. I'm liking it. First of all, Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks, beautiful. You shave anyone's eyebrows all away, and they look hideous. Yeah. Like, they look creepy. And and because she's good-looking, it's extra grotesque, right? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's how people are reacting in the movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then she's like talking to herself and like laughing and stuff. And, and she's all wet and gross. all the time. Like, cause she's still like kind of a corpse, sort yeah. of. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? And maybe it was intentional is the mummy. You know, the mummy, like every time like he gets some, he, I he forget takes how like it another works. organ from somebody. Yeah, yeah. He becomes more human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next day, <laughs> all four teens meet with Jason. Zordon explains the three rules of being a Power Ranger. Never use your power for personal gain. Never escalate a fight unless forced to, and never reveal your identity. These are all said in the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as well. Right. But in the show, these rules were used to justify the series' formula. Yeah. They never call their Megazord until... Until the the guy gets big. Yeah. Even though he does it in every single episode. (laughs) The monster always gets big. No, because you'll get people online being like, so why don't they just immediately get the Zord? And then the other side is like, because they're not supposed to escalate a fight. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Jorge in the chat's asking, what happens if you break these rules? You probably lose your powers. Oh, yeah. yeah you probably your lose identity, your connection yeah. to the grid. The morphing grid, yeah. yeah. But then you have, like, the evil Power Rangers that show up in, like, some of the series and stuff. And where do their powers come from? Why are they allowed to escalate fights? That's a good question. Maybe it's just a code of honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zordon tries teaching them to connect with the morphing grid together to bring out their armor, but they fail. Without armor, the team will have to begin their training anyway against simulations of Rita's army, the Putty Patrol. Cue training montage, where the Rangers learn to fight alongside Alpha 5 and practice their skills in their everyday life. I actually really like this training montage. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a very good training montage. Yeah. I even like the song used in it. What was the song? Um, hand clap. I, I could make your hands clap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good, yeah. It, it's good. Uh, it's very feel-good. Yeah. But also, sure. like, we're seeing uh, a few of the Rangers bond with each other during this as well. Of course, yeah. Uh, mostly Kim and Trini. Trini yeah. yeah. 
They're the girls. And I love the pastry shop at the bakery that were there. The they Krispy Kreme? Was I, that? I, I assumed that was Krispy Kreme. I don't think Kreme. it's the Krispy Kreme. Because we see the Krispy Kreme later. It's the it little like different. Fa- it looked like a fancier place. Okay. They're doing the bit from um, Kung Fu Panda and the dumpling. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're doing it with like the last piece of like a pastry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but they're like having fun. fun with it. Yeah. yeah. So the Putty Patrol are made out of essentially like rock. Right, like they, they are literally material. rock monsters here. Right, right, right. Yeah. In the TV show, the first Putty Patrol was like the cannon fodder. Right for the second season, Lord Zed brings his own brand of putty. They look the same, only they have a big Z on their chest. For Zed for Zed, right? This is something I learned as an adult. Zed is another word for Z in other countries, like mm-hmm. the UK, Australia, a couple yeah, other places. They, they, like they don't say Z at all. They, they say, say Z. Yeah. So it makes sense that he's he's literally Lord Z. <laughs> <laughs> so for his putty, the trick was to punch them in the Z, in the chest. And that's what would kill them, even though they were way stronger than the other ones. I don't know if you remember this. Barely. Yeah. So there's a little reference here because either Zordon or Alpha 5 tell him to like, oh, aim for the chest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. A little cute reference there. And then like, <laughs> I just love how they're all like in detention with like bruises all over their face and they're just yeah. looking at each other and smiling. <laughs> I love that they keep getting detention. That feels kind of fight club like. A little bit. Yeah. I think Jason's stuck in detention for the rest of the year. Oh, uh, maybe Kimberly I, too. Maybe they all are because yeah. I guess technically Billy set off a bomb in the school. <laughs> he should be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> They're passing little notes to each other, like like uh, like shuriken. Yeah, either one or all three of them are joking around. They're drawing notes to each other, and they say we should start a band. Yeah, because that's essentially what the Power Rangers are, you know. And they make a Beatles joke, don't they? Beatles? No, that's in the comic. Oh, I'll get to it. Oh, they do a Beatles joke in the comic. Yes, in the the Avengers did a Beatles joke too. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Everyone's gonna make a Beatles joke. Yeah. There's a spinoff comic to this, so not the Mighty Morphin series to the movie. Yes, I've been reading it. Um, it's just one. It's one and done. Oh, damn. But it's a graphic novel, so it's longer. Oh, that's nice. Jason's like, what you expect is to be the Beatles now? <laughs> anyway. Is it a tie-in as in, like, it's just a, it's the movie, but in comic form? Or is it like... No, it takes place after the movie. Oh! Yeah. I'd be interested in reading that then, because I do want to see more of this iteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billy turns his room into a detective lair and somehow triangulates the current location of the Zeo Crystal beneath a Krispy Kreme donut shop. (laughs) As Rita's murders are publicized as the gold killer, Alpha 5 tries inspiring the struggling rangers by introducing them to the Zords, huge machines that once took the shape of the strongest creatures on Earth, prehistoric animals and dinosaurs. To properly pilot them, they'll need their ranger armor. Inpatient, Zack sneaks into his black Macedon Zord and takes it for a joyride, almost killing himself and the other rangers in the process. Jason scolds him and the two fight. The fight stresses Billy, who in his emotion accidentally morphs into the Blue Ranger. The commotion angers Zordon, who has lost his patience with the teens, and kicks them all out. Uh, this was a good a good way of showing like what actually triggers their morphs. Like In that moment, I guarantee you Billy was just like, I want my friend to stop fighting. Hey guys, it's time for a quick break and we will be back in a flash. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? 
How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, my impression is uh, because later on, it takes self-sacrifice and like pure teamwork and pure right. heart yeah to get them to morph into the power they, rangers they need to be like an actual team right and the only one who's feeling it so far is billy and that's not a surprise at all just based on billy's character right here. but only in this moment and it's only this one event that gets him to trigger that response because then, then zordon is like okay well if you're a parent you do it again and billy can't do it yeah he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know how he did it it was right. just like it was that moment yeah but it does kind of um inspire the other kids a little bit Mm-hmm. specifically Zach. Zach's the one that's like, you know what? Maybe we should get to know each other. Yeah, he was kind of the problem child <laughs> up until this moment, right? Yeah. I really like that Zordon isn't the wise mentor yet. He's yeah, kind he's, of shitty. He's just as hot-headed as Jason. Yeah. Which I think was the point. Yeah, because, you know, in the show, Zordon's yeah. like a perfect mentor. Right. He's not a mentor at this point, though. He's still... Well, he's the dead red ranger yeah and he's a little selfish he just wants to do it himself yeah he doesn't want to delegate and like foster this team yeah. at all and here's the thing a lot of this isn't told to you directly it's all like stuff you notice in yeah, their actions course. or implied yeah. and stuff it's not force-fed to you yeah and a lot of it's brian cranston's acting too he can be very abrasive in his acting yes and it's i love Wal- it it's that walter white that comes through and oh. you're <laughs> and you're like, whoa. No, at at this point right here, like he sounds like Heisenberg. Yeah. When he's like, get out. Yeah. Like, he's he's yelling at Aaron Paul. <laughs> yeah. Jesse. <laughs> yeah. We either do it my way or you get the fuck out. <laughs> How do you feel about the little bit that they showed of the Zords here? I think they look good. My I guess my one complaint is that they're small. Here's the thing though, they're they're like they're big, but they're small. Right. It's, it's scaling's a little weird. I don't know. Because they're not tiny. It goes back to like, what size do we really want? Because in the show, they're enormous, right? They're like... They they might be too big in the show. Right. They're like 30 (laughs) stories tall or something like that. They're the the size of cruise ships. It is a little bit ridiculous. And so when you get it to this point, it's like, do you want them to be that big or do you want them to be just like just big? Right. So like, we're going to talk about it when we get to the, the Megazord, but like the Megazord stands probably at like five stories. Five or six. Maybe, well, yeah, because nothing in that town's also really that big either. No, no, no. Yeah. But they tower over it. Yeah. And in the comic, they straight up say the Megazord is thirty stories tall. That's so fucking big. But that that's how big it is in the show, too. Yeah. Like they're very large. Um I think I like the way the Zords themselves look. I think those designs are cool. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the Megazord, but I'm not a huge fan of what the Megazord looks like. I'm here and there. I, yeah. I think in some shots it looks really cool, and some of them like eh. I think he's too slender. <laughs> Maybe. I think he should look a little bit more robotic. <laughs> a little less man-looking. Yeah, sure, but, yeah. But we'll get to that. Sure. Uh, Jorge, it does remind me of Godzilla, because in Godzilla, he originally was pretty short, like, relatively He was, like, speaking. about the size of, like, a regular building. He wasn't, like, towering over yeah, skyscrapers. Yeah, people have made size comparison charts to all the Godzillas, but they progressively get taller. <laughs> Here's the thing. I really like the 
the newest Godzilla that we have. The, Ameri- I think the, that's... the new American one is like the biggest one yet. <laughs> but it's so cool. But he's huge. But he's so are all the other kaiju. Way too. Yeah, but it's almost like way too big. <laughs> but in that first movie when they're fucking skydiving like past Godzilla. Oh, yeah, that's that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. That's one of the coolest shots I've seen yeah. in any movie ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason confronts Zordon for not trusting them. Zordon's motivations are selfish. He wants out of the wall to lead the team himself against Rita. Zack invites the team to a campfire, where he suggests getting to know each other better to strengthen their bond. Zack admits that he's scared of losing his sick mother. Billy shares his secret. He loves country music, and making new friends has eased the pain of losing his father. Kimberly refuses to share her story, and Jason points out that everyone knows his story. Trini shares she's moved around too much, and she stays closed off to everyone. She can't fit in with her too normal family, and they won't understand that she's gay. Billy welcomes her secret to the group. The only one not sharing is Kim. <laughs> yeah. It's also unclear what she did. When they explain it later, it's like still kind of like, what? Well, I'm like, why did you do that? Yeah. What, it, it, what was the logic? I think she was just being a bitch. Right. At the same time, it's like everybody else is unloading. You're in a safe space here. You should probably too. Yeah, you know? like, which I mean, she's probably still like ashamed of it. It's like, but like, I, this is the time. Right. And even like, <laughs> Zach and Trini have been like very closed off or opening up. Too, yeah, you know. Honestly, Zach's story is a little sad. Zach kind of like wins me over in this. Like he's at first you're like, ah, oh, this guy's like weird and like annoying douche. and a but douche, but like he's a sweetheart. Like he, he loves his mom and he loves his mom and he, he screams it out in the into the world. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Zach went from like at first I'm like. I don't like this guy. Yeah. And then, like, by the time we get to this scene, I'm like, all right, you know what? He's cool. He's cool. Yeah. He, he's a good dude. Are they drinking? Are they? Trini's, like, holding, like, a beer bottle. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I'm like, underage drinking. I'm like, underage drinking. Not very Power Rangers of them, right? Also kind of badass. But it's not like they're, like, doing hood shit right now. They're just, no, they're yeah. bonding. Sure. <laughs> they're supposed In to be, In a like restricted area that they too, shouldn't be yeah. at, but... 17-year-olds drink all the time. I don't condone it. You shouldn't do it. It's not legal, but it happens. I'm just saying these are the Power Rangers. (laughs) This this used to be a half-hour PSA. True. A lot of what's going on here is the character stuff that I really like. I like the character stuff, yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge complaint of, like, the TV show is that they don't really have characters. No. They just do stuff. You just know that they're friends and they do good deeds. Yeah. That's really it. Because there's not enough time to do all the character stuff. There's time. There's hours and hours They would just rather do the action sequences. (laughs) Because it's cheaper. Also, Jason confronting Zordon. Like, damn, the ball's on him. Like, when when he leaves and says, like, your ranger team's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking deal with it. (laughs) You're stuck in the wall, you dumb bitch. Yeah. At a jewelry store, wet, gross Rita steals as much gold as she can, fashions her staff, combines it with the green power coin, and summons putty monsters to kill the police. And the shopkeeper and the couple in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone's dead. Did you notice when the cop was shooting Rita and she was, like, deflecting the bullets that one of them hit the guy in the back? No. Like, he's just in the background. He, like, he gets, like, shot in the leg and he, like, grabs his leg and starts, like, scooting back. Oh, no. <laughs> and I mentioned this earlier, but her acting is fun and it's campy enough to cross that line into Power Rangers. Yes. It, she feels like a Power Rangers villain, but like she's so much more threatening than any other that we've seen. Because Power Ranger villains usually don't just go around killing people. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and like we said, like this is Power Rangers, but it's taking itself seriously. Yeah. But not too seriously. It's still having fun. Right. And I think that's... This isn't uh, like grim, dark. Eh, parts of it can be. But yeah. Like, especially having this like larger than life villain mm-hmm. in Rita. I, I think it's a fun reinterpretation. She's absolutely nothing like the Rita from the TV show. Oh, no. Like not one bit. And I think that's very fun. I think that's valid. Well, Rita from the show doesn't really do much. No, she's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> she like, laughs a lot. Yeah. And again, and the villains in the shows are all bumbling idiots. Yeah. Like they're constantly foiled. Like, what's the point they're, of They're the comic that? relief. Yeah, exactly. And I guess Bulk and Skull, too. No Bulk and Skull in this movie. We just have that generic I, bully. You know what? I kept on waiting for them to call him, like, Bulk or something. Nah, they he has say a different his, They name. say his yeah. name, and it's something very plain. And Yeah, not... he's like an original character. Yeah. I would have liked a Bulk and Skull. That night, Kimberly sneaks into Jason's room. Odd, but okay. <laughs> well, his window was open. <laughs> yeah, right. She's, he's like, how'd you get in here? First of all, you're all superheroes. Like, she can do it. She can punch your door down. Yeah. <laughs> like, she suggests that she's the reason they can't morph. She has never been honest about her past. She's right. So finally, she admits she had received presumably a nude photograph of her friend and sent it to the friend's boyfriend, the very boy she ended up punching. She didn't realize how mean-spirited she had become. Jason assures her that just because she did an awful thing doesn't make her an awful person. Was it her friend's boyfriend that she sent it to? Uh, or again, was it her boyfriend? This that she is sent all it to? very unclear. I thought it was the boy that Kim was dating. I don't know. <laughs> it's unclear. I listened to it a few times. So I'm like, what is going on here? It she sounds says, like crazy high school drama. Exactly. And <laughs> I think the point is, is, you're not. Here's the thing. It's a slippery slope to go down because you're talking about teenage nude scandals. Right. And that's not. A savory topic however it is a very real topic it happens all the time so like the psa's you see in high school they mm. can't be overly explicit about it right they have to kind of like dance around it a little and bit and they definitely dance around it here it is a little confusing as to what it, i'm sure somebody knows exactly what happened like you have to like really listen real closely to figure out right i think the point is that it, the details don't matter she did something really shitty to her friend yeah basically, I, I think it's what it boils down to it's like hey you remember the thing that happened in your high school it's that yeah, you except, know, except Kimberly's the one spreading shit. Right. I guess she has a saucy photo of a friend of hers. Because at first, I think I think the first time I saw this movie, I thought the picture was of her. Well, so did Jason. He goes, whoa, did you take this picture? And she's like, no. <laughs> right. Right. Because Jason's like, you're you're like, showing why, why, me. Why this. are you showing me? Yeah. This? <laughs> uh, but Jason's like, yeah, like everyone has pictures flying around like this is. High school after he cell says, phones. There's yeah. thousands of pictures. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but I guess so she sent it to the boyfriend or the pair. I don't remember. I think it was to her boyfriend, but like with like a mean comment. But then how does she end up punching that same boy? Because he said she was mean. Oh. Uh, he said she was the meanest person he's ever met. So she responded by punching his tooth mm. out, which is kind of mean. I don't but know. But he's right, though. She was mean. He, yeah. I think uh, Kimberly's backstory might be the weakest out of the bunch. It's just her just being like kind of mean. It's oh. like it's like petty high school girl shit, but the other characters are a lot more interesting than Kimberly is. I think in this, I don't necessarily think her story is weak. I think it's again it just dances around the subject, but like she's incredibly embarrassed by her story, which well, I because think is... she's one hundred percent the bad guy in it. Right, right, yeah. right. I like that she is. 
kind of paired up with Jason because Jason can relate because mm. he also did a bad thing. Not that bad. And it's kind of, no, but he got in trouble with the police. He yeah. ran from the police. That's a felony. Yeah. It, it's more <laughs> hoodlum shit. Yeah. Hers is more like doing a terrible thing to somebody. But he also squandered his like future. Yes, he did. He did. His life could be quote. Uh, Roy from the office yeah. is definitely. In, he is. He's right. Pissed. He's pissed <laughs> and he's right to be. <laughs> Trini summons the rangers to tell them that she was attacked earlier by Rita. Rita offered to spare her life if she turns in the rangers. Jason tries rallying the team to stop Rita without their powers and without Zordon, who was just using them to regain his body. They're no superheroes, but maybe they can still stop her reign of terror. With chains and crowbars, they fight Rita, but are easily defeated and tied to a boat. Torturing Zack, Billy fesses up and tells her the Zeo crystal is below the Krispy Kreme which Rita assumes must be a very special place. On her way out, she kills Billy for good measure. The tone is a little weird in this scene. Because <laughs> of the Krispy Kreme we, we've got, um, we got a tiny bit of humor with like the Krispy Kreme mention, yeah. but then we have like child murder right afterwards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like both elements of that. I guess it is weird when they're so close together. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just like, it's just a little odd. Sure. But, uh... Rita attacking Trini in her house, that was some... That scene was fun. That was some cool it. shit. Yeah. Did her parents not hear everything getting oh, destroyed, exactly. though? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> These bitches are tossing each other up against walls. They probably <laughs> thought Trini was just acting out. Yeah, she's going through a phase. <laughs> but no, like, all of this is good stuff, too, though, I think. Even the like when they all meet up, Jason's like, we fucking suck. And Zordon lied to us, mm-hmm. but, you know, we said we'd stop Rita, so let's go do it. I like that they're going to take the chance, even but, without powers. Yeah, they're, they, they're they're stepping up. They're they, taking the initiative right. because I mean, it's, the right thing to, it's the right thing to do. Right. And right. also, like, they want to feel like they're worthy. Even though they may not be able to stop her, they know that they are the best chance that they yes. have. And they're the only yeah. ones that can. And. I love how they're just grabbing random weapons and like chains and chains pipes and, and stuff. Parks, yeah. Doesn't do anything. She <laughs> no, immediately <not>. just <laughs> takes him out. Not. Let's talk about the product placement real quick because it's going to come up a little bit later again. It gets brought up a lot on social media too. People hate this. People hate it and I am totally fine with it. I thought it was hilarious. I think this is product placement done well. There's only one scene where I'm like, all right, that's a little on the nose. And that's when she's. Eating the donut. Eating the donut. And the I Krispy think it's Kreme. funny. Even then, though, yeah, I think it's because, funny. Because, again, she doesn't I, know what the fuck she Krispy thinks Kreme that is. this is a sacred temple or something. Yeah. Like, she's just assuming the Zeo Crystal would be buried in a sacred temple. And then they're like, yeah, it's the Krispy Kreme. She's like, oh, okay. Well, Billy that, even says that, a dining establishment. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets it. She's like, well, what's sacred about this? Maybe the donut. And then she's eating the donut. She's like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I think that's hilarious. I thought it was so fucking funny. I think it's, I think it's hilarious that because Krispy Kreme is a plot point in this movie. Here's the thing about product placement. It's a necessary evil of movie making. Because if you didn't have any product placement, it would feel weird. It makes it feel like a real world exactly. when there's some real product. In it. Right. Don't get me wrong. Some of it's very egregious and bad, like in uh, the fourth Transformers when Mark Wahlberg starts like oh, just yeah. 100%. drinking a Bud Light. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like what? The truck crashed or something? The truck crashed. He picks one up and he chugs it. Huh? Yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. And World War Z had one, I think, with Coke or maybe it was Pepsi. Brad Pitt just like goes up to a vending machine. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But in this... <laughs> If you go to a, a random town in the United States 
and you go to a, like a city square and you look around, you're going to see brands. Right. Krispy Kreme is probably like the biggest thing Angel Grove has there. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the type of town that has like a Walmart and anything like that. Exactly. It's, but it does seem like the type of town that when they get a Krispy Kreme, everybody's excited about it. Yeah, 100%. It seems like a town. If you were to go to and you pick a random building and you're like, that's where the, the hidden treasure's buried, it would be a Krispy Kreme. Like, th- it seems incredibly plausible is my no, point. Th- nothing about this feels ridiculous to me or anything. If it was like like a mom and pop donut shop, it would feel a little weird because those exist, but also... I mean, it's mostly brands and chains and restaurants. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think it's perfectly fine. And also, tell me you don't want to stop in a Krispy Kreme when you see that hot and ready light up. Okay. And it all fits within the story, I think. It seems plausible to me, like I said. But if she were to say, like, this is a delicious donut and it's only $3.99 or blah, blah, blah. That's like like weird, egregious product placement that I hate. That's too much product placement. That's like the subway. But just the fact that it exists... That's fine. Have you seen the subway in the episode of Hawaii Five O product placement? Oh, yeah. The character's yeah. just like eating. It's literally a commercial. No, a show I really liked uh, did that too because I guess Subway literally paid for the season to be made, so they had to do it. <laughs> Have you ever seen a show Chuck or heard of it? Uh, no, but With I've Z- seen Zachary Levi. Right, I've seen a YouTube of like all of the worst product placements and I think some of that was on there. Yeah. Their manager who's like he's a big guy and he eats food a lot. So it was within character from him, but like he'd be like, "Oh man, I just got this like foot long meatball marinara for yep. $5." <laughs> yep. But they came out and said the reason why they had to do that was because Subway literally paid to have that season made. Like they funded the show. Yeah. <laughs> but again, if you had not used Krispy Kreme here, it would have stuck out. Sometimes when I think about product placement, I think it wasn't about Duncan could have just been Duncan, yeah. Uh, I think that would have been worse. <laughs> Someone would have said America runs on Duncan. <laughs> or Angel Grove <laughs> Angel runs, Grove on, runs Duncan. on Duncan. Yeah, no, fuck that. I didn't know we were in Boston. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. Some good product placement, I think, back to uh, Man of Steel, where the the fight in a small town America town, right? Right. City little square. Smallville, road. Kansas. Yeah, Smallville. Yeah. Um, their fight goes to a Sears and to a IHOP. Right. And it just feels natural because that's what a town like that would look like. Yep. You know? It, yeah, it's product and placement. And the bully works at the IHOP. Exactly. The, it's product placement in that those brands paid money to, to be, be featured, in the movie. Yeah. But had no brand been in the movie, it would have looked it weird. It would have felt like a weird fictional place. Yeah. Oh, it just went to a mom and pop appliance store and then a mom and pop pancake house. Like, yeah, what uh, the fuck? No. So I'm all for it. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, we got Jorge Craven Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's working. Yeah, it'll do. Yeah, it's working. This this episode of Films <laughs> from the Phantom Zone is sponsored by Krispy Kreme Donuts. It's not, but I'll take some money. <laughs> the team take Billy's body all the way back to Zordon, where Jason begs for his help. He apologizes to his team and assumes responsibility, but each of the Rangers say they would trade their lives for Billy's or any of theirs. Their connection opens the morphing grid for Zordon to step through and become tangible again. Instead, Zordon uses the power to give Billy life once again, dooming himself to the ship's computer. Billy resurrects, and Zordon commands Jason to lead his team. The five rangers gather around the platform, and as a unit, morph into the Power Rangers. Alright, so this is an hour and a half into the movie, and now they morph, but I'm 100% fine with that. Like an hour and a half in, well, that's when we see them morph, yeah. but... There's been so much character development that, like, by this point, I care about the characters. Like, when Billy died, I was upset. 
I <laughs> was very surprised because I thought there's no way they're actually going to kill this character. They're going to kill Billy and bring Zordon in? <laughs> yeah. That being said, there he is. He's he he dead. Yeah. Like it's not like oh he stopped breathing and then we, you know, we did CPR like he dead. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a corpse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To your point, I'm glad you brought it up. First of all, fucking chills. They look incredible. I yes, love this scene I, where they turn into the Power Rangers. I the yeah, the morphing it's like just the way like everything's like keeps going black and like coming back in and yeah. stuff and and then, and then they step out of the ship. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That being said, what you brought up, they're not Power Rangers until the third act of the movie. Right. But that's fine. This is an origin story. Okay, well here's the thing. Think of all the superhero origin stories you've seen. What usually happens, what the formula is, is that they become the superhero in the second act. They become the fully realized version of the superhero by the third act. Right. So, like, you've got... Yeah, they like, got their powers in the second act of this one. <laughs> right. They got their powers, but they don't become the Power Rangers until the third act, right? So, think about, like, Spider-Man. Like, he becomes Spider-Man early in the movie, but he doesn't become, like, a really good Spider-Man until the end, right? Until, right. like, it's Mary Jane and Aunt May's life are on the line. Yeah. Now he, he's the fully he's realized Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Now he's taking the responsibility. Same thing happens with Tom Holland version. I'm Iron Man. Batman. Batman Begins. Like, it's, it's the same shit, right? And I think that formula exists for a reason. You want to see the character on screen for a fair amount of screen time. Praise to this movie for doing what is most story-wise interesting, which is not putting them in the suits. Right. And developing their characters and developing the team. The point of the Power Rangers is that they're a unit, right? Mm -hmm. That they work as a team to be inspiration for children. Yeah. Right. That's what the Power Rangers are. Right. So the fact that they have to work together and get through their differences and what's bothering them, like their fucking trauma and shit, <laughs> like they got to sort that shit out first. Right. right. To become the Power Rangers, that works really well in this origin story. What kind of sucks, you're sacrificing screen time. Right. As we the don't get to Power see Rangers. them as the Power Rangers for long. And I'm sure if they got sequels, like the sequels would have been a lot more like we would have got right. a lot more That's Power Rangers action. This is a great idea. If there was going to be more movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> if we had gotten like five of these, then this is a perfect origin story, I think. Yeah. Also, what Zordon said, like, oh, there can only be one Red Ranger. That's why I didn't go through it. That's bullshit. The reason why he did it is because he, uh, first off, he took what Jason said to him to heart. He learned from that. And yeah. also, this was his way of telling Jason and the rest of the Rangers that he trusts them. And it's like, hey, let's see what you can do. You well, guys are the Power Rangers. He doesn't literally mean there can only be one ra one Red no, Ranger. I know. He means there There's can only be one leader and it's you. Right. Yeah. But like Zordon basically just made the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. So that these Rangers can rise up. Whatever. He died 65 million. Right. But like you know, this was a chance to come back and he's like, you know yeah. what? No, B for sure. Billy deserves this more. Yeah. And that's good. And Alpha being sad about Billy being dead was kind of sad. Bill Hader is fantastic. <laughs> What's the name of the actress who played Trini originally? It was something Quan. Trini Quan was the name of the character. Oh, oh true, true, true. Uh, the actress was Twi Trang. Okay. She died in like the early 2000s on the car accident, yep. which is super sad. Trini in this movie is wearing a t-shirt that says 1973 on it, which is the year that Twi was born. Oh, okay. A little okay. bit of a callback. There was a small uh, hiccup in the um, marketing for this where... Her character poster said, no driver's ed required or something, which is just means like these are children 
right who are not old enough to drive a car but are old enough to be power rangers right but people right. took it as a poor taste because oh. she died in a car yeah. accident yeah and you're also playing into like I don't think that was, stereotypes I don't, yeah no I, not at all it absolutely was not intentional no not at all <laughs> <laughs> all these companies need people on their staff just to look out for things that could get them in hot water here's the thing though like that like that should be a job title you know isn't that pr yeah but like specifically oh like like, could this accidentally be taken as you got to be like an anti-cancel squad or something oh man the (laughs) the thing is actually yeah we do kind of need that like someone to be like hey by the way the person on the poster died in a car accident this is dumb change it like don't do this (laughs) fully powered rita goes to the quarry to summon all the gold from underground and form goldar Nearby, the putty find the newly morphed rangers. They fight the putty and see Goldar in the distance. This prompts them to get into their zords, getting the okay from Alpha 5, who says, Go, go, Power Rangers. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) The Power Rangers ride into Angel Grove to their classic theme song, Go, Go, Power Rangers. A very, very, like, short rendition of it but it was still cool to hear yeah it's remix it's yeah. it's, a, it's like a band it's a different band playing yeah. it yeah. yeah i liked it but no i i liked it too it was it, very it seemed modern but also a throwback mm-hmm. yeah at one point rita says make my monster grow yes a lot of um, great little throwbacks i do not like the way goldar looks though it's very i don't know it's void of characters what it yes is. Yeah. it's very basic plain like it's just a giant gold thing He's very slender. Yeah. like I, wh- It's the slenderness for these characters because Goldar and the Megazord kind of look the same. Yeah. It's a weird choice that they yeah. did that. Because Goldar in the TV show. He's like a he's monkey bulky. thing. He's like a beast. He's like a. Yeah. And doesn't he have like a brother named Silverback or something? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has the dimensions of beast from Beauty and the Beast, right? Yeah, Big. Yeah. And kind of hairy. But he's yeah. wearing gold armor. Gold armor, but he's he's and blue. He had, and he has wings. He's got big wings. Yeah. And so this is like a big gold creature. I like the idea that you're not... Like, you're borrowing these concepts from the original, but you're making them a little bit different. Right. I just think you could have just come up with a better design than giant gold... Slender Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A yeah, little bit. Yeah. Goldar begins the destruction of Angel Grove as Rita looks for Krispy Kreme. The team split up. Yeah, right? <laughs> they say Krispy Kreme, I think, three times in like 20 seconds here. <laughs> well, I mean, again, like, it's the location. Right. No, I, don't, it, I it, don't feel like it's product placement uh, because it's a plot point, and it's well done. I, I'm in the same boat as you with that. Yeah. <laughs> the team split up, and Kimberly is flying the shit out of the pterodactyl zord. Like a fucking plane. Bro, she's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like leading the pact here. Uh, Rita finds Krispy Kreme, tries a donut, and Jason's dad nearly dies looking for him. The Red Ranger, seeing his father trapped under his car, exits the Tyrannosaurus Zord, right? I mean, they don't call it that in the movie, but it is a Tyrannosaurus, and it is a Zord. Isn't so. that what they call it in the show? Anyway, exits the Zord <laughs> to fight off the putties and save his father. Kimberly picks up Billy in the Triceratops and drops him right on Rita, seemingly killing her. Oh, she goes fucking flying. What a moment. No, that's later. Here is oh. she gets like buried. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, what a fucking moment though. I really like that idea. We talked about this why we liked the first movie a lot. They spent time in the individual zords doing individual zord things. Yes. Same thing here. I quite like that a lot. Yeah. 
Kimberly's doing like aerial strikes and oh, stuff. Especially and... Kimberly. She's fucking killing it, dude. <laughs> no, Jason uh going to help his dad and then like it kind of seems like his dad sort of recognizes that that's Jason, either based on his voice or maybe the way he's running. What do you think? That's what I thought. I don't think so, because later on... He like, gives him, like, a look. Yeah, he's like, that's a hero. I don't know. You, you, well, and then there's that moment at the end of the movie where he, like, puts the, the picture of the ranger on the fridge. I think he's proud of his son. I think it's implied that uh, he recognizes okay, him. Okay, that kind of works out, yeah. Did it come with an instruction manual or... So I think... Well, no. They kind of fuck up a lot. They don't they, really know they, how these things work. Up, but their suits also like plug into it, too. Yes. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Maybe suits Maybe it's like an out. avatar scenario where yeah. they're like mind-linked. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Jorge's asking, did it come with an instruction manual or... When they connect to the Zords like that, it's kind of cool because it's almost like the armor's like organic in a way, too. Yeah. It's just a cool little detail that... Mm-hmm. They don't even mention. It just happens. Oh, there's also a moment where... Because here's the thing. We said there's movie references. They know what they're doing here. You're talking about the Camaro? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Around the time where I'm like, oh, these these look like Transformers, but they kind of look a little bit better than Transformers, I think. You're going to piss people off uh, I'm going to piss people off. I think you already have pissed off, people yeah. off. <laughs> as soon as I thought that, and it happens every time I watch this movie, he picks up a yellow Camaro and tosses it onto... You know, a bunch of putty. And, and he goes, goes, sorry, Bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's great. Why do you pick up, like, the nicest looking car there? That's like a movie rule, I swear. You gotta destroy the nicest cars. <laughs> She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Goldar melts down and picks up Rita, awakening her. She finally feels the crystal underground, and Goldar begins digging. The Zeo crystal is revealed, so the Dinozords block Goldar's path. They fire their entire payload onto Goldar, who pushes the five Zords into the fiery pit. The Rangers agree to fight till their certain death. The Zords all fall underground, do what they're built to, and unbeknownst to the Rangers, the Megazord is formed. This scene when it's I emotional. When I first saw it, it was very emotional. Even this time, I was like, "Oh, oh man!" It was, I almost shed a tear I because swear. <laughs> at this point, you you know you spent like what, an hour and 45 minutes at this point getting to know these characters? Yeah. Because the whole movie is getting to know them. Right. So at this point, when they're, like, presumably about to get killed, and they're like, uh, I think Jason says nobody dies alone, and Billy's like, I'm okay with that. It's so, oh my god, it's so emotional. <laughs> and then when he gets pushed into the pit, the, like, horrifying screams, too. Yeah. Well, because they're also, like, on fire, too. They're <laughs> like, this is really hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach passes out. Yeah. <laughs> They're ready to put their life on the line. Like, they're yeah. soldiers, you know? When- <laughs> they're committed. Yeah. And I think this only works because they spent the whole movie, like, really bonding. And we had to spend all that time with them. Yes. It's like to what you were saying. Like, because of all that establishment, this scene works. Right. Otherwise, this would play a lot like the first Suicide Squad movie where, like, they don't really they get spend to, 20 minutes together and they're, and they're like, like we're, we're family. a family. Exactly. Like, and you, shut the fuck up. Exactly. You don't <laughs> buy it at all. But because we see them really bonding in this, mm. at this point, they're like, yeah, like we're a team and we'll die together to like protect the planet. Totally buy it. Yeah. And because they established that earlier when Billy dies too, they're like, yeah, like I wish it was me instead. I'd yeah. trade myself for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. And a lot of people I've seen complain that their issue with this movie is that it's boring because there's not a lot of action at all what all of that i'm doing air quotes here boring shit it pays off here like when there's like a nice emotional scene with 
all of them together ready to die. It's good character work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, when the Megazord does form and rise up, it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it, it feels earned. Again, they don't know the Megazord's a thing. No. They're equally it's, surprised. It's like yeah. in, a, in a moment of, like, desperation. Right. They would have done it earlier. <laughs> yeah. the, Megaz- the Zords themselves take over. Yeah. But it works better than in the show where... We need Megazord power exactly. now. Exactly. Like, <laughs> then why didn't you do it earlier? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here it's like, yeah, they just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most, in- I think the best part of this action scene is how it's filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to talk about cinematography a little bit. Because when I got Transformers vibes, I remember thinking, but it looks better. Because the camera stays still. It's not shaky cam. It's I, not. I can uh, see the action. It's not rotating in a big circle and jumping every five seconds. Mm-hmm. Five seconds. Is, no. Between a bunch of different Se- characters. Half a second. Yeah. In different parts of the city. Yeah. Yeah. You can really trace the action as it happens. And it, it helps that it takes place in a small town. Sure. Yeah. Everything's in like the immediate area. <laughs> but you're you're kind of embedded in the scene a lot more that way. Yes. In response to the Megazord, Rita assumes Goldar and the Megazord instantly falls over. The rangers discover that they each control a different function of the robot and learn to work together to stay upright and fight. As Goldar approaches, the team remember the takedown maneuver Alpha 5 drilled into their minds. Together, they grab Goldar from behind and body slam him on his head. Hell yeah. That was pretty fun. They use their swords to stab and defeat Goldar. The Power Rangers demand Rita surrender and Jason commands Trini to bitch slap Rita into the stratosphere. Her body freezes and maybe, presumably, she'll land on the moon. Where she'll presumably meet Zed. Maybe. She mentions that others will come. Right. I assume that meant the Machine Empire. Could be, yeah. Especially since we're talking about the Zeo yeah. crystals. After this, I want to talk about like what, the what, could, next, have been? what could have been. Yeah, yeah. I, I have some pitches. <laughs> the town gathers around the victorious Power Rangers and their Megazord, including two very familiar residents. <laughs> Jason, David, Frank, and Amy Joe Johnson. This is their cameo. Yeah, and it's it's nice. It's cute. It's like they're just like in the crowd, yeah. and then like um, Jason David Frank just pulls out his phone to like record what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're wearing their colors too. I don't know if you noticed. She's wearing pink. He's wearing green. And they look like they're a couple. Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed throughout the movie, the teens are wearing their colors in street clothes. Yeah, it's not as obvious as the show the sh- made right, it. Right, right, right. Because they're like it's more subtle in the show. They're like literally color coordinated all the time. I think yeah. the comic makes fun of that. I think uh, Bulk and Skull mention it. Oh, I, I'm not reading the little Bulk and they Skull. They talk things about like the, the end, yeah, the color coordinated friends or something like that. Because yeah. <laughs> look, if you want people to figure out you're the Power Rangers, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. The Megazord. Something I I kind of don't love, but I understand. Because even as a kid, I couldn't make sense of this, is that their cockpits stay put. So if you look at a picture of this Megazord, each Ranger is like two of them are in the thighs. Yeah. And they control that part of the Zord, too. I kind of I kind of like that in concept. Yeah. Like, I like how like one of them controls the legs. One of them controls the arms. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck Jason controls. <laughs> Does he just tell people to do shit and like Maybe, turn his yeah. head? Yeah, he's the leader. But um, <laughs> two of them are in the shoulders and like one's in the chest. Whereas in the TV show, they would like they'd all like teleport to the head. No, they would. Their chair would like go back into a oh. tunnel and go up the body. Which doesn't make sense. And they'd all meet in the head and they'd be. I like the idea of a unified cockpit. That being said, 
it does seem weird that they have to like ride a series of tunnels up the body to get there. It seems overly complicated. Exactly. And I think that's what they were thinking. They're like, well, let's just leave them in let's, place. Yeah. I'm fine with that. My issue with the Megazord is the fact that it just looks like a giant man. Yeah, a little bit, right? But that's it. Yeah. Like, Philly the, shared some concept art on the Discord. It looked cool. It looked a little bit better. They should have gone with that. Yeah, it looked like a cross of like a Transformer, this, and the original Megazord. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that would have been great. I don't probably would have been a little bit better. It probably would have sold more toys too. Well, the thing about the toys is like I feel like when you design and the movies haven't kind of really thought too hard about this, but it has to be an iterative process where you have to go back and forth. Like the toy has to match the movie, right? But the movie has to be able to connect physically and tangibly, like the toy would. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And like you, that's something that the old Power Rangers stuff did very well. The but shows the, did the very shows well. did, yes, yeah. Because, well, they already had their work cut out for them. Sure, but it was one-to-one. Because yeah. if you design something on TV that the toys can't replicate, it doesn't work. No. So you, you have to, like, design something that the toys can make and then go back and design the costume to look like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Which this, like, they focused on the movie first, which is fine. Right. I guarantee that being said a better design could have been used. I didn't look at the toy. I guarantee the toy cannot match what this looks like. No, the toy just looks like a or they're separate a giant toys. robot man. Because it has to be a morphing toy. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it morphs like a transformer. I think it has it had like little miniature rangers that you could just stick in the cockpit, exactly. and that was it. I think that was the extent of it. Yeah, I think that's and the problem. That's not exciting. Look, the thing that got me into Power Rangers when I was a kid is the Megazord. The five pieces transform and it creates a thing that you see on TV, and yeah. it's a one-to-one matchup. It's the same thing with Voltron. If, that's why people loved Voltron. Yeah. If you can't do that one-to-one, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. I think that's where I am, because I don't think the design is that bad. I like it a little bit more than you do. At okay. the same time, if you can't make a toy to match it, it's worthless. Right. Considering the type of franchise this is. Right. If this yeah. was just a regular like sci-fi movie or something, let, it wouldn't matter. Let me just say, if they made the Megazord to look like a toy that looks exactly like the Megazord... I would buy it right now, today as an adult. Because I like this movie. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. I would have it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. I wouldn't mind having like little figures of like these rangers because I think the suits look very cool. Same. Yeah, if they made like some Hot Toys or something. Yeah. like some, They might. They might have. I think they're like collector's edition toys are called like Lightning Series or something. Okay. They make them though. I just don't know if they made them of these rangers. Right. They definitely have them of, like, the Gold Ranger from Zio and stuff like that. Like, all the iconic, cool yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Ranger would be fun. I guarantee you they have, like, multiple versions <laughs> of that. <laughs> Probably. You can buy You can buy the helmet. I, oof. Oof. Don't tap me. <laughs> I might deepen uh, Rangers. You can buy the helmet. You can buy the, the dagger, the flute yeah, dagger. Yeah, flute. I had that toy as a kid. I had the, the made Zio the, Morpher made the as thing. a kid. The, the oh, two that you have cool. to like connect. Yeah, you're I, a little bit younger than me, so that yeah. adds up. The Rangers go back to their lives, helping fix the destruction and keeping their identities as the city's masked heroes a secret. In a post credit scene, the teacher calls on the newest member of detention, Tommy Oliver, who is absent, but leaves behind his green jacket. Whoa. It has a dragon on it, too, the jacket. It does. I, I saw that. Uh, I'm like, ah. Why is Tommy Oliver in detention, though? Because he's evil. He's possessed. That's Already? Why. He's getting, I, who knows? They didn't make the fucking sequel. <laughs> That's it. That's the movie. Oh, and uh, a locker explodes again. And it's oh, Billy's yeah, yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He set off another bomb in the school. Yep. That's why he's perpetually in detention. Uh, he's a terrorist. 
by accident. <laughs> um, Trini's brothers are talking about which ranger they'd like to be. And she's like, well, what about the yellow ranger? Because they're like, oh, it'll be the red well, ranger. Yeah, he's so cool. Right. Now, that's another reference. Because I think in all of the Sentai, the yellow ranger's a guy. Well, um, or most of. when he doesn't have a skirt. He's a guy, yeah. yeah. So in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and it I'm was sure supposed to be a man. It was a man in Japan. Yeah, yellow is not like a feminine color over there. So I don't like, think yellow is a feminine color at all. Sure, right. But like over here, I think that was the idea. They're like, oh, it's a little feminine. A Let's make it a girl. Color. Even though the actor is a man, and if you go back and watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I mean Trini is like tall and kind of slender right. enough that like you couldn't like you. It's passable. Barely. But you look at those scenes and you're like, that's a man. <laughs> that's a muscular man. That's a man with yeah. with man things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think this is a reference to that where they're like, what do you mean he? What if it's a girl? Because <laughs> uh, uh, Trini was uh, both male and female, depending on what scene you're watching. Right. This ending is good, too. Like, I like oh, this movie a lot. The credit song is uh, is a remake of the 90s classic, I've Got the Power. Which they used bum, at the bum, end bum, of bum, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers bum, movie. Bum. Oh, they did. Yeah, they you're did. Right. That's what oh. they used in the credits there. Yep. Nice. Yeah, so anyway, that's the movie. Let's get into the analysis. All right. Um, Good? Good. Look, yeah, very good. good. I Listen, this movie either doesn't get talked about at all, or if it does, it's getting shit on. And I hate that. Because... I genuinely love this movie. I think it's really good. I think it's the best Power Rangers movie that we've got so far. Okay, well that's a low bar, but uh, it's a low bar, but yeah, no, one hundred percent. Still the truth. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Very good. I think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has a it had a fair share of problems, but it's not any worse than any other kind of problematic superhero movie. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's not. I don't know. What's the worst Marvel movie? Thor: Dark World. This one's better than that. I think people are going to say Thor Love and Thunder now. Still better than that. Like, I, I think if this was an MCU movie, it'd be middling. We'd be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of in the middle. Let's like, see it, what. It, the, like, it's fine. It's fine. Let's see what the sequel does. Right. You know, Captain Marvel's getting a sequel. Captain Marvel also made a billion dollars, but <laughs> <laughs> Ant-Man got sequels. Ant-Man's fun. It's fine. It's nothing I, to I be taken. I love the Ant-Man movies. I think more people should have watched those ones. On It seems like those are the ones a lot of people skip are the Ant-Man movies. Maybe not. Maybe. Hopefully not Quantumania. Um, so this had a hundred million dollar budget, modest but big. Made it's a hundred biggest budget Power Rangers made thing a, ever. Made a hundred and forty. Ah, that's so it, which it, means it didn't profit. It probably lost money because that doesn't account for marketing. Yeah, and we talked about this earlier on. I don't think audiences were going to be satisfied either way. I think you could either make a true to form Power Rangers thing right. that's targeted to children. And only children and families would have seen yeah. it. Or go all the way with the, like, make it serious and dark. And, and then, then, like, old fans might watch it. But they still might. I don't know, dude. But they'd I, still complain. I don't think there was any way to satisfy yeah. anybody with this, which is very unfortunate. Well, I, the thing is, I don't think it's a measure of the movie being bad. Is I think, it what people wanted? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think the marketing convinced people to get the butts in the seats. Um, okay. I think if people had gone and see it, they would have been fairly satisfied. I think this is a very satisfying film. I have a couple story beats I have problems with. It's the Rita it's thing. Like the, the coincidental yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the big picture, it's not a big deal. No. And then my only issues is like, like yeah, I don't like the way Goldar and the Megazord look. And that was like the big climactic battle. But like. They could get different Zords in the next I, one. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thunder I'm, Swords. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then like, I think some of the dialogue is a little 
weird. But besides that, like, I think overall this is a pretty solid movie that unfortunately is uh, slept on. 100%. Break it down. I think the story works. At the very least, it's good enough to spawn more sequels. Yeah, honestly, I think sequels could have been a big yeah. improvement on and, a movie that we already enjoyed. Yeah, and I think maybe what they should have realized, Saban, well, I think I think maybe they didn't have a choice. I think they had to sell because they didn't make the money that they were they, they, banking they on. They put too much money into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But I think what they needed to realize is that you take a you take a, a loss in the short term and in the long term, it could make you more money. For example, well, I mean, it happens all the time. Iron Man wasn't incredibly successful. It was successful enough to make another well, one. It also wasn't incredibly expensive to make, though. Sure. But I'm saying, like, it was successful enough to make another one. Right. And then, like, the same thing with Hulk and Iron Man 2 and Thor and Captain yeah. America. Like, there were just... So phase one of the MCU before Avengers, it was very just like, all right, we made some money. Yeah. It wasn't overly profitable. And at any point, by today's standard, they could have just kicked the can. Right. Right. But they took the plunge into putting a lot of money into Avengers, and then the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying this could have been Avengers-level successful. No, what no I'm not saying, that big. What I'm saying is you take the loss early, you market it better, you make another one, and then maybe that one makes enough money for this one retro mm. retroactively. And I guarantee you any sequels would have included some sort of suit change, some sort of Zord change. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, just, just like the TV shows. Yeah. yeah. If I could pitch... A sequel, because the next one is, was supposed to deal with Tommy right. and the Green Ranger. You put Rita on the moon and Lord Zed finds her because Lord Zed's been awake this entire time. This is my pitch. Lord Zed's been awake this entire time. He feels that Rita's awake. He goes and finds her because he's the reason that she turned. was turned. Yeah. He seduced her, basically. Okay. To the dark side. <laughs> Whoa. He's the Palpatine of yeah, this yeah, universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so between the two of them, they, they lure in the Tommy Oliver. They give him the power coin. He's the villain of the second movie until obviously by the end, they knock him out of it. He's one of them, right? And then the machine empire shows up. Maybe. Or the third movie, you, you know, at some point you, you switch him into a right, white ranger. You could ignore the white ranger. It doesn't have to be a one-to-one to the what the show did, no, obviously. It's, it's already kind of its own thing. Like, sure. Maybe you kill Zed and then the machine empire shows up and then they have to use the Zeo crystals. Uh, we didn't mention it, but the Zeo crystals were the first, and we talked about it in previous episodes. It's the first real power change. Yes. Well, not really. They did well, Thunder and they did Ninja and then Zeo. But it was like the first major power change. Yeah. And within story, it's they, the most powerful source yeah. of power. And it's weird that then they later have to get away from it because every year they have to do something different. And it's, right? it's never like actually explained. Yeah. But in this movie, I think what they could have done with Zeo, I mean, not this movie, and potential sequels done with the Zeo crystals they can morph regularly but then they could also morph Zeo if they wanted to and they save that for the real critical like that's necessities. that's the escalation yeah yeah that's like the ultimate power then they don't always just default to that it's like uh, going super saiyan super saiyan exactly yep. I was about to mention that because it is detrimental to their health in the long term right they could have done something like that uh, they could have done all kinds of shit. They could have done recasts, just like in the show. They didn't. We wouldn't have to, but they could have. Yeah, you know what I mean. They could have brought in like, you know, what would uh this universe's Rocky be like? Yeah, Why did sure. I say Rocky? Rocky sucks. Adam. Adam, your favorite. <laughs> and nothing against the actor that plays Rocky. I just think the character just ain't that great. Yeah. 
cinematography is fun i think i think this movie looks a lot like a lot of people made this comparison it looks like um what's that movie called those kids that discover that they have chronicle, chronicle. yep i was thinking that when i watched it so, the way some scenes were shot especially when they're jumping across the canyon mm-hmm. like and stuff like that i was like oh this is a little bit like chronicle but less like handheld camera looking there's some fun uh dutch angles yeah I think our our wall done are not too bad. Unlike in um, Thor, hey. <laughs> <laughs> acting great A actors all around. I I, like I think everybody in here. I think the young people because they're not teenagers. By the way, uh, Becky G was the youngest one. I think she might have been like like twenty or something. Yeah, uh, Zach was like almost thirty. <laughs> That's or, crazy because he looks he was like one 30. of the youngest. <laughs> yeah, I think he was already thirty. Oh, shit, he just looks very young though. He's a very young looking man. I think all of them put really good performances in. Even Becky G, who's like not an actor. She's not an actor, but I thought she did great. I thought she did really well, yeah. And uh, I love her. And then obviously <laughs> the standouts are the the more experienced actors. You're Bill Hader, Elizabeth Banks, and Brian Cranston. They weren't in the movie as much, but like their performances definitely stood out. It reminds me of like a Harry Potter situation where the adults are really seasoned actors and they kind of oh, help carry the, the children they had an unreal cast of actors in those harry potter movies oh they're the best of the best like it's the british best of the best yes <laughs> <laughs> in harry potter yeah and i love that over time that's what it became it was like they kept on getting like who's kinda, the greatest british actor yeah ever all right you're in this role <laughs> yeah it kind of became like hey if, if you really want to like cement your place in british acting you got to get in harry potter <laughs> But the kids do, well, I say kids, but again, they're they're adults, but yeah, <laughs> the people playing the kids, they all do great too, despite being less experienced. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have pretty decent careers now. We're about to talk about them uh, in Keeper Cancel, but yeah. And this is most of their kind of like breakout roles. Yeah. Um, they might have been Rangers, in a few things before this, but. Small things, yeah. Yeah. The action, I think, is really good. I love... The, the little bit that we get is yeah. pretty great. Again, it would have been better if uh, if we got more movies, right? Yes. But I do like that it's easy to follow. It's not too many cuts. Mm-hmm. It's not too much bouncing around. Um, uh, I also like that it's not a straight-up action movie. No, it's mostly character. Yeah. It's got a and, lot of heart. And I love yeah. that. A lot of heart, yep. It's the same feeling I get when I watch specifically the first Captain America movie. Okay. That's another movie, like, even though it's, like, MCU, like, huge budget stuff. Yeah. That movie feels like there's a lot of heart in it. And no, for sure. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, the World War II American aesthetic to it. But, I don't know. Something about it just feels good. Well, it's it's about good versus evil at its core. I think that, that's, that, that's true a too. lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so is this, and so is Star uh, Wars. Yeah. It's all, all our favorite All the things, things. I love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the music, Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler is awesome because, mm-hmm. one, a great composer. Two, he did the score for Iron Man 3, which I love. I think, um, actually, he also did the score for Thor of the Dark World, which is good. It's very, it's very, very good. good. Yeah. Say what you will no, about the movie. Like that's a good score. There's there's some stuff in the movie I hate. There's some stuff in the movie I really like. The score is incredible for that movie. I'm never going to forget that bit. Loki is dying. That piece. Yep, it's, it's good stuff. It's so good. And they even uh, reuse it in uh, yep. oh, Ragnarok in the play. Yep, I love um, that. He also did the Marvel fanfare like at the beginning of a movie with like the logo so... from 2013 to 2016, and then Michael Giacchino had it from 2016 till now. Well, if you say so. I've heard conflicting things about who really composed the fanfares. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, that's that's what that, I read. That makes sense though, because I know there were there were two different ones. But yeah, no, I enjoy his work a lot, and it's great in here. It's got um some really cool like sci-fi synth to it, mm-hmm. but it also sounds like epic and heroic at the same time. I'm gonna play it while I read the comics. I like having a soundtrack in the background while I, while well, I read it's, comics. It's a perfect soundtrack yeah. for that. Where the music really stands out to me here is when they first morph. Like you see them like all marching together, and you like you hear the. You hear like the main theme that played at like the beginning of the movie, yeah. But then it has like that like 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 associated with it, like that synth mm-hmm. synth wave yeah. sound. It's just ah, it's so good. It's good stuff. Yeah, the costumes are kind of a big sticking point for a lot of people. I think yeah, they're a little CGI, obviously, but I think they're pretty good. I quite like the look of them. They look futuristic and alien, and we when we talked about them earlier a little yes. bit. But it's still like if you look at their helmets, like even in this poster we have, it's still. Looks very Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, no, unmistakably. Like you, They even have the power coin in their yeah, belt. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, out of context, even if you were to take this back in time You're 20 like, that's years. Power Rangers. It's Power Rangers, yeah. It's uh, unmistakable. No, I, I think their suits are great, and I loved how um, Rita's costume throughout was like kind of like her mangled green ranger armor. And again, that's setting up for the sequel because she wasn't green in the show. No, she just had the coin. But because her power is derived from the green power coin, she's green in this. And it makes sense. And it's going to double down in the sequel that never got made that she's the source of the Green Ranger's <sighs> power. Missed fucking opportunity. I know. Yeah, yeah, It is a little bit weird sometimes when they're running away. You see that they have individual butt pads. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah. Specifically the scene where like Jason's running away and his yeah. dad's looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little alien, but it's also a little yeah. it's, it's I, I also love human the, like, and the recognizable. Glowing blue on their chest. I think, I think that's it's fun. cool as hell. Yeah, I think that is a good compromise between the original costume, the diamond, and the later when in again we said we said in the movie and in merchandising and in toys they had the power coins on their chest. Yeah. It seems like a fun compromise between those two ideas. Yeah. But uh, the Zords, I guess, the individual Zords look good. We both kind of have issue with the Megazord a little bit. It seems like you like it a little bit more than I do. But even then, I'm like, I, I kind of <laughs> talked myself out of it earlier when I was talking <laughs> about the toys. It should look like you could build it with a toy. Right. Because that's Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So let's move on. Keeper Cancel. Uh, let's blow through this. We've, we've talked about this movie for a while. This is a lightning round. We're going to go as fast as we possibly can. We got, I think, five people here. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh... Actors here. Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's uh, start. Biggest and most famous, Brian Cranston. Hell yeah. Son of two struggling actors. His father walked out on him and his siblings oh, at a young age. Fuck. He was 11. They later met up again when he was like in his 20s. Wow. Cranston did later star in a movie directed by his father. Oh, so it seems like they're at I, least cordial. At least on working terms. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he claims his portrayal of Walter White was based on his own father. Hmm. Said something about how he seemed to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders. Okay. Uh, also, he's like a horrible person and a villain. So I wonder how far you can kind of take that in that direction, right? Right. And it's kind of a... Walter White, though, is like it's a transformation into a villain. Yeah, sure. Like, he gets he, worse. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he gets worse. But like he starts off like he's... He's a good guy, but he's very unhappy and right, right, also right. dying. Yeah. <laughs> At age 12, he had a run-in with Charles Manson. I would like more details about that. That is literally yeah, all it, that. There's no more side. details of that? Uh, he worked as a waiter, as a night shift security guard, as a truck loader, and a camera operator before finally starting small acting roles. All right. Um, I like He that worked I, his way up. Yeah, 
yeah, like he's had to work to survive. <laughs> Acting was an original member of the ABC soap opera Loving. I've never heard of that soap opera. Me neither. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> he also was in an episode of Baywatch. All right. And he voice acted English dub anime using a non-union pseudonym, Lee Stone. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that... Did he do the pseudonym so he could work non-union jobs and jobs. make more money? Yeah. Okay, because I think if you're if you're you in, can only work if you're in jobs. the guild, you can't work right. non-union projects. Right. Yeah. That included Street Fighter Two, the animated movie, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. As we all know, that was not a union project. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> Mighty Morphin, so yeah, yeah for yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, he uh, had two roles: Twin Man and Snizzard. I'm going to try to link those below, by the way. (laughs) I mean, he's putting on like a crazy voice. You can still kind of recognize him. Okay. Yeah. For those, he was paid $50 an hour for about three hours of work. So not much money. No, not at all. (laughs) You know, $150 to 200 bucks. Okay. Damn, that sucks. (laughs) Uh, Especially in LA. Yeah. (laughs) Billy Cranston, the character, was not named after him. That's a false rumor. I didn't even know that was a rumor. Billy Cranston. Yeah. Brian Cranston. Sequence. Billy crams tons of crayons yeah. up his butt. Yeah. <laughs> so his breakout <laughs> roles included Dr. Tim Watley on Seinfeld. I've, I've seen him in Seinfeld. He's fantastic as Watley. Yeah, but he's better as his next role, I think. Ha- yeah, next role, Hal on Malcolm in the Middle. Fucking love that show, and I fucking love Hal. Apparently, there's rumors they're going to bring it back. I've seen stuff about that. Also, Frankie Muniz is uh, driving NASCAR. Yeah. That's well. He's been wild. race car driving for a while, but yeah, now it's like it's serious. Like yeah. yeah, that's he's good. That's cool as hell. Good for him. Yeah, I love Malcolm in the Middle. I think that was my introduction to him. Probably mine too. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I probably saw him on Seinfeld when I was a kid, but I I didn't watch Seinfeld until I was an adult. So, oh really? Yeah. I I would watch like reruns and stuff as a kid, but uh-huh. obviously I wouldn't have been like that's Brian Cranston, you know? Right? Because even when I saw Breaking Bad, I'm like that's how. Yeah. 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 No. No. For sure. That's the only thing I knew about him. <laughs> He's also been in King of Queens, Saving Private Ryan. That has to be a small role in that. Right? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember him in that. I have to go back. Huh. It's not a fun movie to watch. but No, it's <laughs> very dark, depressing. It's a very good movie. Yeah. but uh, And How I Met Your Mother. I do remember him being the uh, he's Ted Mosby's boss. He's the architect. And reprised his role as Hal in a cutaway gag in Family Guy. <laughs> he also reprised his role as Hal in a... Alternate ending to Breaking Bad. What? I didn't know that. It was like it's Hal and Lois laying in bed, and like Hal wakes up and he talks about how he had a terrible dream and he was like selling crystal. Oh, meth. you know what? I think I've seen that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll try to link that below too. I don't know if that was like officially filmed or if something he just did for fun. Yeah, but that's fun. It, it, it is fun. He seems like a really fun guy. <laughs> uh, and then Breaking Bad, obviously, that might be his biggest role. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's his most career-defining, I think, for sure. Absolutely. Walter White. It's going to be Malcolm Middle and Breaking Bad that yeah. most people are going to be recognizing him from. Yeah. I mean, he's the no, one that no, one's, no one has not seen Breaking Bad, and if you haven't, you should definitely check it out. 30 Rock, Godzilla. He was in Godzilla. Yeah. Trumbo, uh, The Upside, Isle of Dogs, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Better Call Saul reprises his role. He's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, if he was in Seinfeld, I of guess, course he'd yeah. be in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep 100%. Oh, he's fucking amazing. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> uh, next, Elizabeth Banks uh, started in a soap opera called Santa Barbara. Never. Yeah. 
seen it. Wet Hot American Summer. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. It's got a lot of really uh, funny people in it. Um, and then they re- they didn't remake it. They made it like a legacy sequel like 15 years later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Swept Away. No? Don't okay. know what that is. You'll know these next two. Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. She's Betty Brandt. Betty Brandt works for the Daily Bugle. Yep. Kind of flirts with uh with Peter Parker there a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. In the comics, Peter and Betty are a thing for a little bit too. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Sea Biscuit. Yeah, uh, back with Toby Maguire and Sea Biscuit. Forty Year Old Virgin. Hilarious movie. Uh Scrubs. I remember her from Scrubs. Yep. Uh Invincible Slither. It's a James Gunn movie. Oh yeah. She's also in episodes of Thirty Rock. Definitely maybe. Yep. Uh, here's one of my favorite ones. Zach and Miri make a porno. That's a great movie, it's actually. It's fucking hilarious. Actually, and it holds a up. very, very funny movie. So funny. I watched it not that long ago. It's a Kevin Smith movie. It's one of his rare movies that don't take place within his View Askew universe, except mm-hmm. later it's retconned that it actually does. When does it when Because is it Justin Long's character shows up in a later movie. Is it reboot that he shows yeah. up? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So yeah, because Justin Long's character in Nier, he's like, He's the guy that does gay porn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the gay porn star. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she's in W, movie about George W. Bush. I haven't seen it. I've Me heard neither. It's... I, haven't, I haven't really seen any I've of... I've heard it's good. What's-His-Face's movies. I forget his name. The guy who only makes, like, biopics. Role models are Idiot Brother. Pitch Perfect. She's in all three. She's uh, the judge, right? Yeah. Or one of the judges. Uh, Lego Movie. She's the voice of, um, what's-Her-Face? The girl. The main girl? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Hunger Games, she's in all four. She's wonderful in those, honestly. She's one of the best parts of those movies. Oh, is it? Uh, and then she's now a director. She's directed a few movies, including Pitch Perfect 2 was hers, and Charlie's Angels. I forgot that they made another Charlie's Angels. I don't think anybody watched it. Probably not, but she directed that one, <laughs> uh, starring mostly ladies that she's worked with, including Naomi Scott and Kristen Stewart. Okay, okay. Yeah keep i absolutely no, she, love her I, I love her work um i don't think she's done anything crazy or nah, weird i would have found it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah these people are all good we got a good I, yeah, we got a group I, everybody good in this group movie's here. yeah pretty good people yeah yeah bill Hader. we already talked about him actually we did him already in another lightning round when we did uh scott pilgrim yes and also bill Hader's fucking we love him yeah go back and listen to that one it's a scott pilgrim episode he is in way more than you could imagine he has a ton of credits, mostly because he's got he does a lot of like background roles and a lot of voice, voice work. roles. Yeah, voice work. Yeah, Daker Montgomery, who plays uh, Jason in this Australian actor, who uh, apparently he, he looks very Australian. You think? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, he had a very tough childhood. He was bullied a lot for being chubby, and he suffered from uh, severe anxiety. Whoa! Uh, barely got through high school, but uh, then went to acting school. Um, he appeared in a music video. From the Australian deathcore band, make them suffer. I should listen to them. <laughs> but uh, he's also been in a few less men. Okay. Breakout role here in Power Rangers, uh, simultaneously doing Stranger Things. Yeah, because I think he plays Billy right after Power Rangers, like season two of Stranger Things came out, or later that same yeah. year. I think Billy might be his biggest role. Yeah, or his and most recognized it's, role. It's his medias, and I think it's his best one too. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, he- he does harder acting than this for sure. Oh yeah, and he does a great job. Oh my god, it, uh, especially in season, season three. three. Yep, he's terrifying. He's terrifying, and also like you also feel bad for him, even though he's a piece of shit. Yeah, season four kind of retcons that a little bit. Not retcons, but it, it adds more context. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but he's in season four too in like uh flashbacks, flashbacks yeah no he's but, wonderful in stranger things yeah flashbacks but they're it's new footage yes so yeah, he, yeah. he worked on it <laughs> Uh, he's in a movie called The Broken Hearts Gallery, huh. a movie produced by Selena Gomez, which I thought was interesting. Okay. He was also in the new Elvis movie. I haven't seen that yet. Me and neither. I want to really Eric bad. Good things. It's, uh, it's, I, I'm really bad with names. It's the guy who did uh, Moulin Rouge. Australian oh. guy. Oh. Uh, I like Moulin Rouge. Uh, that's It's a weird movie, but I like it. I know a lot of people don't. Probably because it's very weird. Uh-huh. Uh, Keith, <laughs> I think he should be getting more roles. I think. Yes. I think this is your leading man. He he's good. He should especially, be in more stuff. Especially the Billy alone. That role should be landing him he a ton of shit. Did so well as Billy, mm-hmm. and I think he did great in this too. He's a good Jason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah good actor. Keep. Uh, Naomi Scott. She is an English actress. Um, I, by the way, all these people are hiding their accents very, very well. Yeah, most of these people are not American. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're all doing a stand-up job. Could not get his Australian accent at all, um, uh, Dacre. Which is impressive because yeah. Australian actors tend to have a really tough time well, I mean, doing that. I feel like Australian actors have to be able to hide their accent or else they don't get roles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, yeah. Look like, like Hugh Jackman and like uh, Nicole Kidman. and Yeah, no, because otherwise they're going to sound yeah. way too Australian like um, in uh, Man Russell Crowe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where the whole cast <laughs> yeah. couldn't not sound Australian. Right, right. Uh, Naomi Scott, she's English. She's from England. Uh, but mother is of Indian descent. Lemonade Mouth. Have you seen that movie? I know Sable has. Um, Disney movie. I know it's a Disney Channel original movie. It's a little bit after my time on Disney okay. Channel. Uh, I like the cast of that movie, though. I just never watched the movie. Terra Nova, The Martian. Big movie. She was an extra, and she was cut. <laughs> So she's going to say, I uh, don't remember seeing her in that movie. Same. Power Rangers, obviously. Aladdin. Princess Jasmine. In the live action. Fantastic. I, think. I haven't I think... seen it yet. <gasps> it's good. And I think she does an incredible job. I think she's a great Princess Jasmine. few live action Disney movies kind of turned me off of just watching the live action Disney movies. Uh, they're hit or miss. Like, I I like the ones you wouldn't suspect, and I don't like the ones you, you also wouldn't suspect. Yeah, like, Mulan, I thought would be cool, and then we watched it. Like, eh, no, I thought that was bad. It was, it was boring. It was really boring, yeah. Uh, I didn't like Lion King, and I didn't like... Cinderella? No, Cinderella's good. I, I thought Cinderella was good. Aladdin was really Maleficent. good. Maleficent? Uh, yeah. I'm, Does that I'm, one count? Uh, a little bit. Beauty and the Beast, I actually like. A lot, a lot of people Beauty don't. And the Beast, I like it a lot. I think, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think the animated version is far superior but i don't hate uh i got a really hot take that's for another day (laughs) charlie's angels so we we had mentioned it right uh and there's an upcoming movie called distant okay so yeah all in all keep let's move on we gotta we gotta move we gotta go we gotta move (laughs) rj seiler kid who played billy yes uh he was in a movie called me and earl and the dying girl i don't know if you remember hearing about this movie it uh was nominated for several awards including some for him oh Power Rangers, War Machine, uh, The Harder They Fall, Emergency, Scream Resurrection. It was a TV show. Have you, did you hear about this show? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Is it, con- is it the same continuity? I don't know. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, I know there's like another Scream movie coming Blake out. Blake might know. Right. DC Swamp Thing. HBO show? Is that an HBO show? No, I think it was. I don't know. No. I don't remember the show existing. Okay. Uh, and Freedom's Path. Don't know what that is. Uh, I, he was good. He was good in this. I haven't seen any of his other work, yeah. though, unfortunately. I'd like, to, I'd like to see him in more things. Keep. 
Yeah. Keep. Ludi Lin plays Zach. Uh, born in China, moved to Hong Kong at the age of three. And then by like 10 or 11, he sent to boarding school in Sydney, Australia. Okay. <laughs> right. That's a lot of... Uh... Very different places, actually. Yeah. And he said he developed several different accents, which he had to learn to manage. Um, <laughs> ended up in Canada, actually, and now he's a Canadian citizen. So, so he's a Canadian actor. Yeah, that I guess went that's... to school in Australia, uh-huh. is, but was born in China. Is Chinese and lived in Hong Kong lived for a little Hong bit. Kong. Yep. All right. Uh, he was in an episode of Black Mirror, Power Rangers. He was in Aquaman. Who was he in Aquaman? I don't know, but he was in Aquaman. Huh. And Mortal Kombat, he plays Liu Kang. He does. Uh, I actually quite like that movie. I was happy to hear that that's getting a sequel, is, at least. Does he have a central role in that movie? No, right? N- not really. Because he's which usually is, the main character. Which is surprising, because yeah. yeah, Liu Kang's usually like Mortal Kombat's main character. He's like the POV character, yeah. He was in it quite a bit, but he's not like the main character. Does. The main character is some original character. Right. Which was another odd choice. Yeah. That's but weird. I did like that you movie, like movie, though. I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then last but not least, Becky G. Rebecca Marie Gomez. Um, she is a singer who started by posting videos of herself on YouTube singing covers of songs and stuff. <laughs> Just She started off very small time. Yeah. YouTube has created a lot of, actually, uh, a lot, lot of sensations. stars. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Can't Get Enough is a song of hers featuring Pitbull. So um, she got Pitbull to feature in her song. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's had a, a bunch of other collaborations, including Will I Am, Cody Simpsons, Cher Lloyd. Look, I don't know about her music. I like her music. And I think, it's oh, you mostly do? in Spanish. Oh, okay. So I don't oh. understand it, but I like it. Okay, cool. She's mostly if you don't a know music it, star. She's too, yeah. she's not really an actor, right? Uh, she's open for big acts such as Demi Lovato and Katy Perry. So, I, what the fuck is No Malone? Is that a movie? <laughs> I don't know. You typed it. I typed it really fast. I think it's a movie or something um, she was in. But you know, considering she doesn't really act much, I think she did great in this movie. Oh, no. Fantastic, like, honestly. Yeah. Like, really good. Yeah. Honestly, surprising. <laughs> and I think she had like more action scenes than the other Rangers did, because she had that whole fight with Rita and stuff. I thought she was kind of small. Like She's like five feet. Like, oh, she's, she's very she's, small. She's short. <laughs> yeah. And, and for a Power Ranger, I thought that kind of stood out, especially when she's like next to some of the other ones. <laughs> That being said, I'm like it's it's mostly fine. Yeah, no, I keep her. She's great. Yeah, too. no, t- yeah. definitely. They're, they're keep. all great. Moving on into the fandom zone. Uh, this movie, Power Rangers from 2017. Berta, what are your final thoughts? This movie is not going to the fandom zone. I feel like this movie kind of is in the fandom zone right now. It is. It's canceled. No, just nobody, like all the other ones. Uh, and also, nobody talks about it at all. Uh, it's funny. I was just talking to someone online. There's a uh, Ryan Unicomb. Interesting. Uh he's a he's a public Instagram YouTube guy reviews shit. Okay. Uh, he's got twenty seven thousand followers. Anyway, oh, he's a big right. fan of this movie. And as I was watching it, I was scrolling on uh, Instagram. Was and he, he talking about he it? He was talking about it. What? And so I commented. I've chatted with him on Twitter before. Anyway, I commented. I was like, I'm literally as we speak watching this movie. <laughs> so it's some people are talking. Some people, about but it's it, right? not. It's not really like out there though. No. And, and when usually when people do mention this movie, it's in a negative way. I think it's stupid. Like people are like, oh, <laughs> remember that reboot they tried to do? I think if you go in with an open mind, I think you can have a lot of fun watching this movie. I think this movie I, does a lot right. Definitely good enough to merit a franchise. I think Absolutely. This is a, I think this is a franchise starter. It's by no means perfect, but it's a lot of fun. It sticks to its 
what it wants to be and it, it has a clear idea and it succeeds at that. Agreed. Good performances. It looks good. Action's fun. There's nothing to really look at this and, and really dislike. I no, think. like I cannot see anything about this movie that's straight up like objectively bad. Yeah. You I think know? people made up their minds that this wasn't for them right. really early on from the early marketing material and never went to the theater to give it a chance. Yeah. And that's how we got here. I think if they had gone out to the movies and watched this movie, way more than not would have been very happy. Yeah. At least entertained at the yeah. on the way out. The, and we could have got a whole universe like, by if now. You're like a, if you went into this and like you're like a purist or something, then yeah, you're not going to like it. Even there, because whatever, it's, it's different. A, it's like your Star Trek 2009 or whatever. It's another universe. Oh, you're, a lot of people hated that movie too. Sure, but just fucking get over it. Like you can have two things. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like Power Rangers is still going on. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Like That being said, I already have a bias against the new Hasbro movie coming out specifically because 100%, this yeah. movie was, yeah. or this franchise was sacrificed for that. Yeah, no, no, no. That being said, I'm still going to go in with an open mind, but sure, yeah. I'm going to have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, and I'll admit that. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> you know, we could have been three movies in by now. It would have been a lot of fun, I think. Yep, we could have already had a Green Ranger. We could have already had the Zeo Rangers. Oh, yeah. Or the equivalent of that. Anyway, guys, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks to that piano dude for our musical intro. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, please. Tell a friend, please. And if you've told a friend, thank you so much for telling a friend. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. We have, for as low as $3, you can join our Patreon and get access to our second podcast called Where's Mephisto? Berto, where is Mephisto? We, we don't know. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to look for Mephisto wherever we can. Uh, lately, we've just been watching whatever, whatever. Yeah. And just, Maybe uh, we can do The Last of Us if you get into it. There's so much shit to watch. Let me finish Wednesday, and then I'll, I'll get into it. it. It's coming out <laughs> weekly, so I'll, um, I'll probably just, just binge it if it's, it's really good. Okay. It's zombies, right? I didn't play the game. It's, it's an oversimplification. All but right, you, right, but right, yes. But yes. I'm not going to crack this Pandora's <laughs> box. Uh, <laughs> that's links below our Patreon. Uh, we also have a Discord server if you want to hang out with us all week long. Uh, we just be chatting it up, talking Power Rangers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, video games, music, wh- what have you. Yeah. I was going to say what have you. Nice. I was like thinking that. <laughs> we're You know why? We're in sync. We can morph together. Oh, we're going to access the morphing grid. <laughs> We stream all these episodes live on Twitch. If you haven't noticed, we've been talking to our friends on the chat. Thank you so much, Jorge, for hanging out. We've got some other uh, accounts here. Birdo's number one fan forever. I'm pretty sure that's a duplicate of someone who's already here, but sure. Uh, We had Vanessa here, Garrett here, Sable, Blake, Honey Badger, and Summer all stopped by. Philly was here for a second. Oh, Philly was here too, yeah. A lot of uh, of guests today. Yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, guys, if you want to be like them, hang out with us, correct us when we say something wrong, or uh, be our Google when we uh, don't know what we're talking about. We don't know everything. Barely know the shit we talk about. Hang out with us on Monday nights uh, around 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash film from PZ. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone and Twitter, Films from PZ, TikTok, Films from PZ, YouTube, Films from the Phantom Zone. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. Um, next week, we're doing uh, the Sable. Sable, Sable wants to take over. We don't know what movie yet. No, but she wants to take over the podcast. 
Uh, and for two years, I was like, no, that's stupid. I'm not letting you do that. And finally, I was like, ah, fuck it. Sure. Whatever. It's her birthday care. gift. It's her birthday. She can take over and make us watch some stupid shit. It's uh, like between she's going to. She's like, I'm in between Twilight, High School Musical, and like two other things. Cheetah Girls. So, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to, I guess, do whatever <laughs> she wants to do for one week and one week only. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be next week. So come hang out with us. And other than that, guys, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.